Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. Was that supposed to be funny? Get these clowns out of here. Why would they do that? You were having a freaking game. Dude. It's a cocky bunch, man. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello everyone, welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here in the Pirate Radio Studios, coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930, also online, PR927FM.com, and... Make sure you are watching the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. You can subscribe to Pirate Radio TV on YouTube. We've got a lot of great uh, stuff up there for you, including the Brian Bailey Show, this program, and our coach and player interviews as well. So you can go there now, check all that out. Uh, we've got the interviews from earlier today up. Uh, you can hear from Ryan Jones, also Mike Houston, his weekly press conference. So it's all there for you, Pirate Radio TV on youtube and chandler and i will make sure to pester you into smashing that like and subscribe as we go on throughout today's show shirley rhodes is here we got intern peter we got the chan man ellerby in the house and big willie smith also coming up on today's show you know florida lost to kentucky in football on saturday night but the biggest loss florida took this weekend was to the ECU women's soccer team. We will talk to Gary Higgins for the first time, head coach of ECU women's soccer. He'll join us here at 3.30. Chris Haymeyer, former host of the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, is now the play-by-play voice of the Campbell Fighting Camels. We'll talk some Campbell football, ECU's next opponent. Got that coming up at 4 o'clock. Brian Bailey joins us at 4.30. And Bryce Williams, former Pirate tight end, will be here at 5 o'clock. So there is the setup for today's show. Let's welcome in Ellerby. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, Clipper. How are you? I'm great. And Willie Smith joining us as well. Pirates get a W, Willie. So that's a good good thing, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That's 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 huge. You want to get those wins. We're going to talk uh, some ECU and some NFL with Willie Smith to kick off today's show. Ellerby, as I was heading over to Facebook to pull up today's stream, you know how they pop up Facebook memories yes. when you log in? This was interesting. This is from September 13th, 2014. And I sent a tweet to Donnie Kirkpatrick. And I said, Donnie, when you retire from coaching, can we do an interview about officiating in games versus Power 5 teams? And I said, I'll remind you in 20 years. And he said, deal. So something to look forward to when Donnie Kirkpatrick retires, we're going to ask him about getting screwed by refs in games ECU plays against Power 5 teams. So that was in 2014? Yeah, I don't know what that so was stemming from. So, so I'll have to it, look up ECU schedule. So you have like 16 more years till he retires? Or, or, no, that, was, uh, that was a bit or of a 12, projection. 12 more years till he retires, I guess. Yeah, or it could be before that. But either way, uh, we're going to talk to Donnie. It looks like that was stemming from a win over Virginia Tech. Uh, 2014? 28 to 21. 2013. 2013. That was when oh. St. Shane Carden... Uh, this is 2014. What did I say? That, that would the, be uh, the James Summers game. Wouldn't it? 2014. No. No, 14. No, at Virginia Tech. This is Carden uh, showing the 
They, yeah, getting in the end zone late. They got out to the 21 nothing lead, 120. Cam Worthy game. Had a huge game. Okay. Carden runs it in, touchdown. I guess there was some officiating I had a problem with. Anyway, it. starting the show out with that. So we'll hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick when he retires about all that. Yeah, First time I've seen Willie Smith since last Tuesday. Uh, what are you, you trying at, to say? Missed you at the tailgate on Saturday, <laughs> Willie. What happened? Car trouble? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's exactly what it was. The rain, man. It made my car stop. The rain. <laughs> oh, no. Big. How tall are you, Willie? Six, six, man. Six, big. Oh, six, six. Willie Smith. I guess when you're that tall, the rain hits you first. That's right. So, that's right. <laughs> like uh, you, you couldn't, you know, couldn't make it out of the house to the Dowdy Ficklin on Saturday. Yeah, huh? yeah, man. That, that car trouble, man. Well, how'd the game look on the couch potato? <laughs> <laughs> some are calling him Fairweather Willie. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Some are. Yeah, but, but from the couch, man, the game looked great. Looked great, man. Okay. It did. The parts looked really good out there. Yeah, and uh, and second half, Willie. That's back to back games where East Carolina has really controlled the second half. That's a sign of a good football team, I guess a uh, conditioned football team right yeah yeah definitely um what you notice there man is offense man they really control the uh possession for you know a good part of the game and then when you get into the fourth quarter man those defensive guys are going to be gassed and it, it showed up have you ever seen a guy faster than uh keaton mitchell <laughs> chris johnson man yeah that's something going fast in their prime that'd be a hell of a race yeah, yeah. man i remember chris said he didn't he didn't he race an animal at one time or, or was going to he's going to race like a, a cheetah, cheetah yeah, or yeah, something, something yeah something crazy i don't know if that ever came to fruition so when you you remember yeah CJ i mean 2k there. yeah yeah i remember 2k man like what was at the um what what, what who was one of the bowl games man he just broke away hawaii, he went yeah it, it was hawaii yeah. it was hawaii he broke away you know normally guys have pursuit angles and then they can catch you down the field mm-hmm. but even the guys with pursuit angles could not catch him man i was like that dude is fast like, Keaton Mitchell got. I saw a tweet, Ellerby. They were ranking like the fastest players of Saturday, right? And I guess his top speed hit twenty-two miles per hour. Yeah, so he'd be speeding in a school zone if he was running that fast. Close. <laughs> They'd have yeah. to pull him over. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he was getting it down the sidelines. And look, he had eighteen carries and seventeen. They did a good job on him, but it only takes one. And you give him the ball that many times, he'll probably make a game-changing play. We talked about it. Last week against NC State, had a 28-yard run uh, to get him out of their own shadow of the end zone, and then that huge catch and run that got him into position late in the game. So you, uh, he's not going to do it every play, but right. give him chances, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what you want as an offensive um, line. You want a, a running back that has that explosive potential because you know that, hey, at some point in this game, somebody's going to get out of position, and he's going to break a big play, and that's going to make everybody feel great. As an offensive lineman, is that a beautiful sight to see? To see, like, I mean, as he gets further away from you as well, because you're just right. kind of slowly moseying down the field to go celebrate with him, or where, where are you headed at that point? Yeah, man, I'm running down to go celebrate with him, and you know, every lineman wants to feel like their block was the one that broke him free, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you want to get there first, right? Like, right, that's I, right. I got you, I got you, <laughs> right? I know uh, another thing you like too. Mitchell had the home run, but Rajay, he was hitting some singles. That, that was that one drive where. They kept giving it to him. He was getting four, five, three, six, you know, just kind of churning. And that defense, you could kind of see him breaking. That That's uh, an offensive lineman's dream too, right? Uh, absolutely, because yeah, when, when the game is going like that, man, you you got you, know, you got control of the game. You know, the offensive lineman, man, their confidence is building because they're knocking guys off the line. And you want to keep running the ball when you when you dominate the defense like that. We all know running backs like Keaton Mitchell is so fast. And then you, you obviously played with Chris Johnson. How hard did Chris Johnson go in practice? Did he? show that explosive speed at, at practice or was he kind of just out there 
you know, not going as hard. No, you know, when I first came in, I came in as, as a defensive end, right? And um, I remember, you know, coming off the ball and, you know, trying to go make a play and then taking a pursuit angle and just seeing this guy take off. And I was like, I'm never going to catch this guy. Like, <laughs> he was so fast, even in practice. So, man, the great players, they go hard all the time. I got you. Talking to Willie Smith inside the Pirate Radio Studios, Ellerby. It is PBR Tailgate Tuesday. Paps Blue Ribbon on the line today. We'll give away a 12-pack coming up at the end of this segment. And uh, you guys had a long tailgate this past Saturday. And I guess two more coming up. A 6 o'clock start uh, this Saturday, and it was announced yesterday the Navy game will also be at 6 o'clock. So a lot of long tailgates in yeah, the future. Yeah, I wish we could have gotten the first game at 6 o'clock and traded one of these other ones for a nooner. Right. But, uh, hey, we'll take it. And it was, I mean, although we didn't have Willie Smith, you know, <laughs> this past Saturday, uh, we were able to make our way through it. Had a great spread by Jason Shepard and uh, Shep's Grill. And I uh, got another big spread for, for this Saturday. So the 6 o'clock tailgate. So I think it looks like the weather is going to be good. Something else is going on this Saturday, Clip Rock, is the uh, Pirate Radio Fleet Feet game day run is back this Saturday. It is a gold out for family weekend. So a lot of people always, you know, maybe looking for gold. If you want to do a 5K before the game on Saturday, which you'll have plenty of time, uh, you can meet at the new Fleet Feet location at 730 in the morning this Saturday, or you can sign up online. You go to our social media and click on the link. Uh, sign up now and you can uh, get one of those gold t-shirts. Only $10. And that also gets you a drink ticket, which they're going to have, uh, they have coffee there at the new Fleet Feet or uh, they might also they're also going to have some mimosas and stuff uh, after the run so it could be a great way to start your game day with the uh, Pirate Radio game day run we've done this uh, I think this is the fourth year we've done it we had a little interruption during COVID but all the money goes to uh, Robbie's Clubhouse which uh, helps the folks with uh, special needs in our community so uh, a fun way to kick off your game day at 7.30 a more reasonable hour for people like Troy D that don't like to get up too early so a a fun 5k leaving Fleet Feet running in and around the stadium and back there so uh check that out on our social media love to have a lot of people come out and uh, have some fun kicking off game day that's awesome speaking of getting up early willie i've talked to these current pirate players and we might ask you about it too but i had a nooner to kick off the season which means they're up very early and then three straight six o'clock games the guys i've talked to they're ready to go regardless but they say waiting around all saturday to play a game is kind of tough they'd rather kind of get up get it going they say 3 30 is the perfect time uh how about you did you have a, a preference when you played yeah, no, the earlier games were always better because, you know, when you had that later game, you, you slept in a little bit, you did some film watching, you know, a couple of meetings, and then you was just laying around, sitting around, getting antsy. So sometimes you see guys start off slow just because they've been sitting around and, you know, trying to get themselves going. So I always liked the earlier games. Did you ever play a Sunday night or Monday night game in the, in the NFL? And, how, and what was that like? Yeah, I played a Monday night game, man, and um, yeah, it was the same thing, man, just sitting around all day, you know, sleeping, taking naps, you know, and it's like, dang, we still ain't time to go, so yeah, it's definitely, definitely sucks, man, when you gotta wait, you know, but hey, it's just part of it. You know? As people who watch games and specifically pick games, and some may even try to gamble on games, people make a big <laughs> deal of the Monday night, short week, you know, trying to get back at it on Sunday. How how big of a deal is that, Willie? You know, for an offensive lineman, for any player, taking that beating on Monday night and not getting that extra day that other teams get is that a, a factor? 
No, I mean, I guess yes and no. You know, yes in the sense that you don't have as much time to watch film on the guys you're about to play against. And, you know, you don't get to see as much of the schemes in practice that you would normally get to see in games. So, yes, that that sucks. But then the positive is, you know, the coaches are not going to push you as hard that week. You're not going to beat you down as much in practice. So you, you go into the game a little bit more refreshed. So it's more from a studying perspective than a physical. Like physically, it's not that much different to you? Right, right. I mean, physically, I mean, at this point, you don't been to camp. You know, right. you go through practice every day. So the physical side is not the most important thing. It's really, really understanding what this guy's going to do, what the defense is going to do against yeah. me this upcoming week. Let's talk about this week, the, the mental approach of playing a big game against a top 25 opponent, NC State, a rival, Old Dominion, a team that played you tough, and then you're able to pull away fourth quarter. Right. Now you're playing a team in Campbell that everybody's expecting uh, a blowout on Saturday. What, what's right. the and it's week three? You've had some of those routines. How, how is the the mental approach and the physical approach as you go into this game? Yeah, well, if I'm Coach Houston, what I'm doing, I'm I'm pushing them hard this week, just like they did for the state game. Mentally, I'm telling them, hey, look, man, we're not competing against Campbell. We want to put out the best version of ECU this Saturday. And every day in practice, hey, let's get better. Let's find a way to to improve just 1% better every single day in practice. And then that's just going to naturally flow into the game. But you practice how you play, man. My coaches always tell me that, and it's so true. If you bust your tail in practice, it's going to show up on game day. There's also a lot of guys in practice this week that are probably hoping to get some game time experience right. based on that the score could maybe get a little bit right. a- a- away. So uh, what is those guys' mentality this week? Are they they How much are they cheerleaders for the starters? Oh, man, they, they're pushing them hard. Hey, man, come on, guys. Let, let, let's, let's, let's do what we need to do. <laughs> and they, they want them to go out and play an awesome game, and they want them to get up because, like you said, that's their first time to get out there in front of this this crazy crowd and, and just show what they have, man. So they're they're really excited. Mike Houston did his part today to talk to the public about how tough this Campbell team could be. So he is hyping them up as right. you know a formidable opponent. They are one and one on the year. They're coming off a loss to William and Mary. And look, all he's got to do really is go back to last year and say, remember the last time we hosted an FCS team? Right. They put a scare into East Carolina. Uh, East Carolina beat Charleston Southern by, what, three points? Got down double digits early. So we just saw it last year. Anything can happen. Can't take anybody lightly. I do love the maturity of this Pirate team and feel like if they're coming off a loss, coming off a win, playing Alabama, playing Campbell, they're going to kind of go in with a similar mindset every week. The, the one thing I've really learned and loved is the Pirate Radio pl- Players Lounge on Monday. And Clip, you know it because you sit in here with the guys or talk to them on the phone. Their mentality every Monday of whether that you've seen them after a win and after a loss. And and it's it's business as usual. I mean, it's a, it's a briefcase. They come in here. I mean, they, they are as focused of a team after two weeks that, that we've seen in a long time based on their personalities of how they're acting here and in press conferences. Right, yeah. right. No, that, that's definitely huge, man. You know, and that that's, that starts at the top, man. What Mike just kind of reinforcing it every day starts with your your other your older guys leading by example and just carrying themselves that way. And, you know, like you said, man, if the guys have that kind of mindset, they're going to have a really good year. What are some concerns when you're playing an FCS opponent or an opponent that has appeared to be inferior to may, maybe your team? What, what are some concerns that, you know, I know Clip just pointed out some of the obvious. Obviously, I mean, East Carolina's lost to North Carolina A&T not right. too long ago, so Pirate fans can remember that. Right. But what, what are some things from a player's perspective that uh, should, should be on the radar for them this week yeah well from a player's perspective man all they should be thinking about is man i'm going to go out here and play my absolute best game i'm going to show these guys out here that hey 
yeah, you're playing football, but you're not on my level. And that should be the mentality they take into this game that, you know, they should destroy whoever's in front of them because that's just the mindset that you need to have playing a school like this. Because if you if you give a team like this hope going into a game and they, they, they get through the first quarter, like, oh, wow, score's not that bad, and they start to believe, you know, that's, that's when you got to fight on your hands. I was just thinking, football coaches, this is more about coaches than players, but you can never really satisfy them because if we say – and if Mike Houston hears us say that East Carolina should roll over Campbell, you know, he doesn't want to hear that. And then if we say, you know, Campbell's a, a tough team, can the, can the Pirates win this game? Well, you don't think we're going to beat Campbell? It's like they, they have to find that perfect medium. They always want to be the underdog until you tell them they're the underdog and they right. say, well, we don't, we don't, we're not the underdog. There's nothing we could say yeah. to a coach. So this is kind of some coaching psychology Mike Houston has to go on. I love what Willie's saying, though, for these players. You're challenging yourselves. Yeah, you're you're challenging Campbell, but for Isaiah Winstead, he has aspirations to make it to the NFL. Right. He's putting every route he runs on tape for somebody to see. Right. So just that alone, he's going to go 100%. But it's also one of those games, too, of, yeah, Isaiah Winstead wants to play in the NFL, but if, if East Carolina's up 42-10, to 10, you don't want to see Isaiah Winston out there against Campbell. Right. And he's really not. No, nah, but not he helping. did his part getting that 42 points you just talked sure, about. Sure, absolutely. Right. But you, you want to get there quick. And uh, I would think if you're Mike Houston, you want you want the mid to late third quarter to be the, the backups and, right. and, and the future out there showcasing their talents for the Pirate Nation. Right. And that's that's huge, man. You know, being able to, you know, let the starters go in and do what they need to do to get the, the early lead. And then, you know, for you know, the future season that's coming, you want these junior guys to get out there and get some reps, man, because that's going to go a long way with building their confidence as they progress in their careers. LRB, uh, John Moody just sent me this. I did see it earlier. Uh, a stat to consider. Uh, Brett McMurphy tweeted out earlier today, uh, consecutive wins in games favored by at least 10 points in college football. Cincinnati's first, followed by Kentucky, Texas Tech, Louisiana. Fifth on that list, East Carolina, 23 in a row. So that tells you when they're favored by 10 or more, they have won the game outright. doesn't mean they've covered, but they've won the game outright. Uh, the problem is, LRB, and we have our Phil Steels, you got to go back a ways. I was going to go grab one. <laughs> I wonder like how long that stat goes back. Cause we, and you say, well, what about James Madison and A&T? Well, James Madison was a favorite against East Carolina Correct. that year. And East Carolina was only a touchdown favorite against A&T. Lost that one outright. So this stat probably goes back a long ways because East Carolina just hasn't been double-digit favorites a lot. Well, it kind of tells you how bad East Carolina got during the course of uh, a, a few years where right. they, they weren't even a double-digit favorite, to, or probably a favorite at all in many games. But when they were, definitely nowhere close to a double-digit favorite. But this is a game that I feel like East Carolina should be able to control it. I think the time of possession would only be low if Keaton Mitchell or Rajay hit a couple big home runs early right. and, and, and flips the time of possession because they, they run it 80 yards. So right. uh, I, I think uh, it, it'll be nice to, to see how this team plays on Saturday as they transition to get ready for conference play because uh, there, there's a lot of a lot of conference games coming up before they get that final non-conference game against a tough BYU team. They're getting ready for conference play, and they're getting ready for the one outlier on the schedule, and that is Navy uh, coming up. So, you know, they've put in the work this offseason uh, to get ready for that option attack, and that'll be up first uh, next week, Elder. Yeah, Navy's 0-2 right now, too. So something's going on. Navy football has— They have seemed uh, to start slow here lately and kind of pick it up. So. Uh, I was talking uh, with The Voice this morning, and uh, Navy just coming off a loss to uh, Delaware 
one double A team that or, or FCS wow. team. So you kind of want, I mean, Ken Niamatololo, uh, a guy that's had a tremendous amount of success at uh, Navy. Uh, and it seems like Army's kind of flipped the script on him. That Army's program has kind of taken off in the right direction after just a drought of it seemed like every year Navy was just right. winning eight, nine, ten games. And now uh, Navy's kind of seemed to uh, hit the struggle bus. But one thing, East Carolina has never defeated Navy in Greenville, so the, their oh, two yeah. win, their two wins over the midshipmen have been up in Annapolis. So uh, nothing, obviously, to take lightly. And uh, I know most everybody doesn't want to look that far ahead because right. Campbell's rolling into town. But uh, That's cer- right. certainly, you know, it's it's been a, been quite a run of four straight home games. So uh, we'll, we'll, I, I look forward to seeing the next two weeks at Dowdy Ficklin. Willie, were you here when they rolled up seventy six on ECU? No, nah, I want I want a part of that team. Okay. <laughs> That must have been 2011. Yeah. And Willie uh, he, was 2010. He answered 2010. Got <laughs> out of here, man. Was that uh, Dominique? Yeah. In Navy. You beat Navy. In Navy. Right. Yeah. All right. You're on the winning side. That's right. All right. Uh, yeah. My bad. Okay. That was the record breaker. Don't, don't try to do that to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he answered the 2011 question faster than he did the tailgate question. He was like, oh, no. You're on offense. It wouldn't have been your fault anyway, but it is what it, it is. Did. It was ugly, man. That was a very ugly game. Speaking right. of Delaware, trivia question. Sports trivia coming up uh, Wednesday night at AJ's. Uh, what week one starter uh, in the NFL played at Delaware? Flacco? Joe Flacco is correct. Where did he start, though, this week? That would be the better question. (laughs) What team is he on now? The New York Football Jets. Is he? Started for uh, Zach Wilson, the injured quarterback there. And I want to transition here the last few minutes we got and uh, talk a little NFL with Willie. I want to roll out some week one overreactions. And some of these I believe, some I'm just going to say and get Willie's thoughts on them. So first one, Willie, is uh, Buffalo, despite four turnovers, just dominated the Rams and had no trouble with them at all. The Bills are by far the best team in the NFL, and it's not even close. What do you think about that statement? That's that's a bold statement. We're having four turnovers in the game, man. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see the game, but to have four turnovers in the game, that that's I, I don't know about that. All right, so somebody's close to the Bills. Could be the Chiefs who dominated. Could be heck, the Rams might have just been off week one. But you don't think you don't think the Bills are head and shoulders above anybody? No. Okay. No. All right. How about uh, how about the Washington Commanders? How about one and oh. Carson and o. Wentz threw two interceptions. That wasn't good. Right. Four touchdowns, three hundred plus yards. The Commanders are a legitimate contender in the NFC East this year. I'm going for it, man. <laughs> You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> Here's the stat you should look up, Clip. The last 10 years, the Super Bowl champion, what was their record on the week one? I hear you. I mean, this is all the stuff you're running over right now. Like to tell you if week one matters or not. If week one, how how big was week one? You know, yeah. and 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 did they? You know, Super Bowl winners the last 10 years. Uh, Willie. Bears 49ers. How much should we read into that final score? They were playing in a mud pit. The Bears uh, were pretty big underdogs in that game. They get the win. Can the Niners still be good, and can the Bears still still be awful this year? Like, what do you think about that uh, result? 
Yeah, well, I'm going to have to go with the, the Niners still being good, man, just because, you know, you got a great coaching staff there, got some great players there. You know, Trent Williams is there still anchoring the left side of the line. So, you know, those, those guys are still going to be good. And the Bears, hey, they found a way to get it done, man. It's hard to win in the NFL. So every win you get, man, you take it, you know, and, and you're happy about it. Every year when you played in the NFL, when you started the season before week one, did you and everyone on your team think y'all were, were contenders for the Super Bowl? Not, not, not when I was with the Raiders, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, mean, I just didn't know if that mindset was like, because some people think. Not like, when you had Rex Grossman in Washington. <laughs> starting week one. I just didn't know, was it like, man, we're a playoff team. Or, yeah, you I know, mean, like, that's, that's what the coaching staff is. That's the, the message they're preaching that, hey, you know, we're going to we're gonna win it all this year. Um, but, I mean, as a player, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I just guess, want. I guess that year in Washington, you did have Mike Shanahan, so you could say, well, he's done it before. Maybe right. he can lead us. And yeah, Anyway. Uh, Willie, we live in a world where the Patriots stink. They're no good. They're not a factor in the AFC East. They're not a factor in the AFC. Is that true or false? That's definitely false, man. <laughs> that's, that's false. You, okay. You can't, you can't go against the system. I know. It feels weird to do it, but man, uh, new sheriff in town. I love that young coach in Miami. I've been taught, there he is right there, the cool coach. And uh, they got it done week one against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. How about this? Um, Dax out. The Cowboys are done. They're not a factor in the NFC East, in the NFC. Yeah, well, the, the Cowboys always find a way to lose, man. So that's definitely not a factor. <laughs> but can the Cowboys? That's what I like to hear. But, Clip that. But can the Cowboys still be relevant because everybody else in their division is not very good? Uh, that's 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 a good point that you make there. But man, they just don't have any weapons on offense, man. So I don't see it happening. I don't know, LRB. I think what, what wins think, the division in the I, NL East this year? Or in, NL East. I'm gonna say the, the Braves and the Mets. NFC East. You hadn't watched the Eagles, and and. I think they're good. I hate to say it. But the Giants and the Commanders? Probably not great. But the Eagles I, the Eagles could potentially be like a 12-5 and five team this year. Okay. So that's who you're chasing? I, I think so. I hope – I'd love to be wrong. I was uh, trying to poo-poo them in the regular se- – in the uh, preseason, but they uh, – they scored 38. They gave up 35. They almost lost to the Lions, but I do think the Eagles are the could be the real deal so in the NFC. Shooting for 12. Yeah, as far as winning the division, I think so. All right. Uh, how about this, Willie? Uh, two teams you were involved with, right? Chargers, Raiders? Yep. Uh, Chargers are – who do you like in the AFC West? Chargers or Chiefs this year? You got to go with the Chiefs, man. 44 points week one for Kansas City against Arizona. It was almost like we were starting to slight Mahomes and the Chiefs, and he went out right. three for 360 and five touchdowns. Yeah, man. man. He's still the real deal, man. Yeah. All right. Not ready. Are you ready to give the Vikings the a- NFC North after seeing what they did to Green Bay on Sunday? No, just because Green Bay, yeah, I know I, I came out last week and said they was going to win, but, man, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers was out there doing, man. You know, they just look bad, man. They he, look he bad. don't know his receivers. He don't know their names. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's terrible. Terrible performance. Who, I mean, who do you think has a better chance for about to have a better record and better season after week one? The Patriots or Green Bay? Oh, that's easy. Patriots or Green Bay? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Patriots, man. Just because, like I said, man, it's, it's hard to it's hard to bet against the system. I think you were believing too much in it's, it's hard, man. I'm telling you, I don't think they have any good players. 
It ain't about the players. It's the well, system, man. All right. Let's see. <laughs> I think Belichick is trying to prove your point a little too much. <laughs> Belichick has robots on his team. He doesn't have players. <laughs> he just plugs and plays. I guess. Right, we'll right. see. We'll see how it works out for him. All right, uh, Willie, appreciate you hanging out, man. As yes, always, sir. had fun. And uh, tell everybody what you got going on. Yep. So, man, if you guys are looking to buy or sell real estate here in eastern North Carolina, hit me up. I'm, I'm the realtor for you. Um, look me up online, hashtag Pirate Nation Realtor. All right, and people can come see you at the tailgate this Saturday. <laughs> I'll be there. The, I'll be there. Pirate Radio tailgate. So you can come meet Willie Smith. We'll get you an person. extra large poncho. We'll get you. Out there. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I think the weather's going to be good. We, we may need to get you a hat to keep the sun off. That's your head, right. That's you know, right. So <laughs> Enjoy it, Willie. Thanks, man. Yes, LRB. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good. I'll be here. And right now, folks, you can take advantage of Paps Blue Ribbon Tailgate Tuesday. Call in now. We'll go uh, caller twelve Shirley three one seven twelve fifty. Pirate fans get stocked up for tailgating with PBR, your favorite retailer. Look for the QR code on the PBR display register for a chance to win a PBR cooler full of beer. Game day or any day, all Pirates prefer PBR. All right, we'll give that away right now to Caller 12 when we return. Big win for ECU soccer over the weekend knocking off Florida. We'll talk about that W, the season so far, and what lies ahead with Coach Gary Higgins when he joins us for the first time on Pirate Radio Live when we return after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? CopyPro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live, and as we do, congratulations to Erwin Suggs of Snow Hill, who picked up our uh, PBR on our tailgate Tuesday? Say it right, right, Shirley. It's PBR. Oh, PBR. Thank you. Tailgate Tuesday. There you go. Congratulations to Irwin picking up that win. You can check out PBR and make sure you look for the QR code on the PBR display and register for a chance to win a PBR cooler full of beer. Game day. Any day. All Pirates prefer PBR. All right. Welcome back into the program here on a Tuesday. Clip Rock here with you, and we'll welcome in for the first time on the show, ECU soccer coach Gary Higgins. And, Coach, appreciate your time today. How you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yes. I'm excited to be here. And uh, we're going to get to know you a little bit. I'm usually pretty good at picking up Eastern North Carolina accents. Where Are you, are you from Aiden or Bethel? Where's Where's that from? Yeah, a little bit far away from here. Originally from uh, Paisley, Scotland. So, But I've been in North Carolina for the last 17 years. So, um definitely an adopted north carolinian <laughs> how do you feel about eastern north carolina barbecue and the cuisine and all that are you you on board with that my wife's from north carolina she would, okay. so she had kind of uh, mentioned it to me a few times before but yeah we've uh, we've ventured out to some really nice 
restaurants and and tasted some of it so it's very impressive how about what are some uh some scottish dishes that you have uh incorporated to your family or that you miss what, what are some of your dishes have to be uh haggis neeps and tatties that's a that's a personal favorite um usually have it before christmas dinner um, what does that incl- uh, entail so haggis is like an appetizer um it's like a uh, almost like a ground beef but a lot okay. spicier and neeps is like mashed up turnips okay all right i'm on board and tatties is mashed potatoes but that's just how you say it in scotland so fun to um, say yeah you mix them all together you've got a nice little <laughs> nice little meal there all right so how about your background as far as playing uh the game of football and uh and, and going into coaching yeah so played played soccer my whole life uh, growing up back in scotland and then i came out here when i was 17 to attend lenore rain university in hickory mm-hmm. north carolina um was there for four or five years uh, i had to red shirt one year so i was there for basically four and a half seasons then i stayed on and um, became a graduate assistant to get my masters and then i went to uh, tennessee knoxville tennessee for a year and played some like semi-pro soccer and, and coached some youth soccer there and then i got my first full-time coaching job at tusculum college as an assistant on the men's side and then I got my first head coaching job at Lenore Rhine University um, on the women's side in 2015. So you and uh, ECU football head coach Mike Houston have some Lenore Rhine connections there. Yeah, yeah, we've got some (laughs) Lenore Rhine connections. I knew Mike when I was a graduate assistant. He was a head coach. Oh, wow. um, He started to turn the football program around at LR and... Uh, we've actually got a couple of connections. He's he's from Franklin, North Carolina, where my wife is from too. So we've got a lot of mutual friends. So what was the uh, decision to go to Lenore Ryan like? Did you have other, uh, I guess, schools you were thinking about? How, how did you go from Scotland to Lenore Ryan? Yeah, I had a few. Uh, I had a few um, scholarship offers, but my coach, Adrian Blewett, he was from originally from England. So he still recruited quite heavily back in Europe. Okay. And, um, yeah, he reached out to me and, and sold Lenore Ryan University, and I'm glad he did. I, I really enjoyed my time there. That's awesome. And uh, we're glad to have you here. The Pirates playing well, 5-2-1, and one, but uh, have uh, have not lost since all the way back August 21st. You've been on quite a streak here, uh, including the big victory over Florida on Sunday, I saw this coach. So uh, Kentucky beat Florida in football over the weekend. I saw yesterday that they had bacon wrapped alligator <laughs> in the. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, and it. I don't know. To me, it didn't look very appetizing, but uh, just something you may want to think about next time you uh, knock off Florida. Let's get a look at it. There you go. What do you think oh, of that, well, coach? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> it's like a pig picking. You just go and <laughs> pick off a slab of meat. Uh, but a big win for your team, and you've been doing a lot of winning lately. So what's uh, what's going right for the girls right now? Um, yeah, just extremely proud of the group. They're, um, obviously, we're on a bit of a streak right now, but um, they've been working hard since the day I got here, and, and um, they've showed a great togetherness. And um, after the first two opening games where we lost, obviously, to really quality opposition, in Duke and South Carolina um, we've been on a little bit of a run and their, their confidence is high but it's the togetherness and the, and the work ethic that they've showed that is really making a difference we've, we've not reinvented the wheel by any means we've just um, got our head down and worked hard and, and done it together and um, 
it's really important that we've kind of enjoyed it along the way too and, and um, they're having some fun, we think. How about the uh, the style of play? If you have a, a game plan that, that goes exactly the way you want it, is it conservative? Is it attacking? Is it obviously a mix? You know, what's your style? Yeah, I think it changes uh, game to game, but uh, I'll always say um, that we have to play with passion on both sides of the ball. Um, it's really important to me. I, I feel like you've got to be invested in the sport that you play, especially at this level. You've obviously played it long enough to, to get to this level and be a Division One soccer player, so you care about it enough to to be here. So we got to give it everything we have. So passion is a is a non negotiable non negotiable for me. Um, but I think from a tactical standpoint, I think um, the foundation always has to be defensively disciplined. And then once you have that foundation and the, and you have that work ethic, then you can branch off into some like offensive principles and some some uh, create creativity and things like that. So defensively disciplined has to be the foundation. And then as we work together for longer, then we can start branching off. And, and we've started to do that the last five or six games and, and scored some goals. So um, yeah, that's what I would say my, my coaching principle or philosophy would be. Well, it certainly showed up on the scoreboard because uh, two goals uh, to South Carolina outside of that, uh, either one goal or a clean sheet uh, against all other opponents. So I guess uh, the de- defense has been good, the defending and the goalkeeping as well for you guys. Yeah, so we've got um, quite a young back four as well, uh, which we're really proud of how they're handling um, handling themselves. But I think, again, we've got Maeve English back there, who's, who's a tremendous goalkeeper, and she's really matured into a leader for the program. But I think she would be the first one to tell you that it really is a team effort. And if you're defensively disciplined as a team and a unit, you're almost preventing these chances to happening. So um, that's been that's been really a, a great thing for our coaching staff to see is, is how we've prevented teams to have quality chances in front of goal. And um, yeah, just super proud of the girls to embrace that side of the game. And again, if you do that, and you work hard, then eventually the chances will come for you offensively. Well, the coaching aspect of it is certainly working for you match-to-match. Uh, match. How about the recruiting part of it, uh, taking over this program? Uh, how is that going, and and where are the areas and, and your style of recruiting that you like to attack? Yeah, so when I got here, obviously, it was pretty late on, and uh, we've already, we already had a recruiting class, which we were really happy about anyway. Um, but we managed to add Isabella Gutierrez, so that's our only international player we have on the, on the team. But she was uh, representing Mexico at the U20 World Cup this summer, uh, so we're really excited to have her join us late in the, in the spring. Um, we've signed two players um, already for the 2023 class, but... To be honest, we're um, probably a little bit behind um, from a recruiting standpoint, so we're trying to get after that here in the next few months and make sure that we're um, ready to go in the ne- in the coming years. But uh, from a recruiting standpoint, we just want obviously talented soccer players, but we we do recruit the person first and foremost. We need to make sure they're the right fit for our program from a personal standpoint, and um, they've got the right attitude to to take our program to the next level. So. When you do that, it takes time, and and you need to make sure they're the right fit. How about you uh, becoming a fit for this team that was here before you got here? You know, what was that transition period like? How, how did you make sure that 
all the uh, the girls were able to jump on board with what you were preaching and, and teaching? I was uh, pretty fortunate to, to inherit the group I did in terms of, from a culture standpoint, I felt they were in a good enough place to where we didn't have to rock the boat too much, which... Um, when you're taking a job and you're taking over a new pro- uh, program for the first time, you're always thinking, okay, what do I have to change and, and what do I have to um, work on? But thankfully, uh, from a culture standpoint, I didn't have to rock the boat too much, like I said. So that enabled me to focus on some some certain aspects like their confidence, their self-belief, and then obviously some tactical stuff that we would implement um, in the fall. But yeah, just uh, they've they've embraced me um, really quickly, which I was really really happy and and um, glad about. And um, yeah, it's just been a pleasure to to work with them every single day. They want to they want to do the best that they can possibly do, and they want to fight for East Carolina University. And they're one thing that I need to make sure that um, every player that that is part of this program they they love East Carolina and they and they are proud to be a pirate and. Um, I know every single person in that locker room loves to be a pirate, so that's really important to me. That's awesome to hear. Uh, talking to Gary Higgins today, and I feel like uh, Coach Hamilton, the predecessor, did a good job of getting this team to to relevance. I don't know if that's the word, but top half of the league, getting them into conference tournaments, and now you just kind of hope you can get it to that next level, take that next step, and you seem to be on track. Uh, big conference date coming up on the road uh this is a heck of a trip for you coach uh going to smu but you got a lot of key uh conference games coming up the rest of the way that uh we're gonna see what this team's all about when you, you get into aac play yeah certainly doesn't get any easier i can assure you uh this conference is one of the best conferences in the country they've got uh some some nationally ranked teams and, and we're starting off with the the highest ranked teams uh, right now smu so they've got a lot of uh, history and tradition um and women's soccer and uh, we're just excited about the opportunity to go and compete against a, a top top program so uh we are not um going there to make up the numbers we i can assure you we're going there to to fight for absolutely everything and um We'll show them what Pirate Nation is all about. This is Thursday night, 8 o'clock. You can watch it on ESPN+. And the next home game is Sunday at 1 o'clock. A week from Thursday, under the lights, 7 o'clock at Johnson Stadium. It will be uh, Houston coming to town. So that'll be a big uh, conference home opener for you guys coming up next Thursday. How have the uh, the crowds been so far? I know uh, weather hadn't cooperated with some games, but how's that going so far? Yeah, so we... we got off um, to a great start in, in our first regular season game in terms of attendance. We we broke the attendance record and had over 1,300 people in Johnson Stadium for our home opener against Duke. So that was um, one of my goals was to, um, coming into the programme, was to try and improve the attendance. And I was so proud to see so many people there and invested in the game. And um, I feel that's such an important aspect especially like a place like ECU where it's a college town and um, it makes it's quite a unique environment to where so many people just bleed purple and gold and, and, and you need that investment to in my opinion to take programs to the next level and you can see it with football and things like that where you start packing out the stadium it makes a big big difference in, in the players maybe run a little bit harder or, or um, just just get after it a little bit more. So, yeah, um, hopefully we can keep that up. That takes, a, again, that takes a lot of time and investment, but if you are intentional about it, 
and, and you're in it for the right reasons, then we feel that we can get people to come out and support us. And a big homestand coming up following the road game Thursday. So Thursday night on the road at SMU uh, at 8 o'clock on ESPN+. And then Sunday at 1, William & Mary. Next Thursday, Houston uh, on a Thursday night, 7, uh, 7 o'clock here in Greenville. Another uh, non-conference game, UNC Greensboro, the following Sunday on the 25th. And then Tulsa at home on the 29th so back-to-back thursday home games coming up after the uh, the road trip i guess when do you guys head out tomorrow yeah we're leaving leaving campus tomorrow around 10 o'clock good deal uh coach how about as you uh what do you follow at the the professional ranks or the international ranks uh who are your clubs or, or teams? What do you like to watch? Yeah, so my club from Scotland is Celtic. Uh, um, I, I love Celtic. I've, I've I grew up watching them and going to their games, so uh, they're my they're my first love for sure. And then uh, Liverpool, I like to follow Liverpool um, from from the English Premier League. So those are my two teams okay. that I follow pretty religiously, to be honest. So. Um, yeah, those are my two teams. The year uh, that the Premier League began running on NBC Sports Network, I want to say it was thirteen or fourteen. I was like, I really want to get into this. I've never really gotten into it. So I'm going to pick a team at random. <laughs> and I didn't want to pick one of the big boys. So I took I picked Swansea City. Oh, nice. At the time, it turned out to be a great pick. I think they finished like ninth that year and, and had some big wins mm-hmm. and looked like they were uh, going somewhere. And, of course, have since been relegated and yeah. now in the championship. Well, one, of, one of their former coaches, the guy that kind of got them up to the Premier League, Brendan Rodgers, he coached Liverpool and Celtic. So oh, there you go. After Swansea, so uh, yeah, he's he's a great coach. Well, but I had a lot of fun. Uh, Wilford Boney was fun to watch, oh, yeah, and Ashley Williams is a really good defender, and uh, I I really love that team. And I learned how much turnover there is over there. If you're not one of the big boys, that first of all they fire coaches at the snap of a finger, yep. but you'll lose your players. They'll, they'll get bought, and you really those, those supporters. I have a whole new. Uh, appreciation for supporters of I guess quote unquote smaller clubs because man it's just tough to, to keep it going when everybody's yeah. coming after your guys right oh definitely it's, it's ruthless out there and um, and modern day soccer even more where it's um, yeah there's not much loyalty or there's not much uh, um, people aren't there for a long time you know yeah. uh, coaches as well so yeah no I definitely get what you're saying all right, uh, Coach Higgins joining us. Once again, you can uh, watch the team on ESPN Plus on Thursday night against SMU and then go check them out for yourself at Johnson Stadium coming up Sunday at 1 o'clock. Coach, uh, great to chat with you, get to know you. We'll certainly do this again uh, later on this season. No, nah, thanks, and go Pirates. All right, there is Gary Higgins joining us for the first time here on Pirate Radio Live. We'll take a timeout, come back, wrap up hour number one. We're back with you after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. For the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner, be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. You can join the over 50 
29,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right. Welcome back into Pirate Radio Live. Great to get to know Gary Higgins and uh, get to know his team. They are playing very well right now. 5-2-1 and one are the ECU women's soccer team as they get ready for conference play. A tough opener on Thursday night and then back home for four straight home games. So get out and see them if you can. Free uh, admission and uh, go enjoy some soccer here this time of year. All right, uh, the man of Chan, Chandler, here in studio. How are you doing today, Chandler? What's up, Clipper? Hope you're doing good, buddy. I am. Uh, how did you enjoy Troy Aikman and uh, Joe Buck last night? Because I, I didn't watch it at all. I didn't watch it. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not tuning in. Not me. I didn't. Well, good. Uh, I mean, if you didn't see the 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 uh, ticker at the bottom, you would have thought it was a Fox broadcast. Kind of um, strange. Very strange, especially when they go to the booth and uh the background is espn and stuff like that but i mean it, it was joe buck it was troy aikman just like they were with fox but uh my roommate was like hey do you mind if we watch the manning cast and i was like absolutely i like I, I, let's go uh, and enjoy the manning cast and i'm glad we tuned it over there because especially at the end of that game what a weird ending to that first monday night game of the year um see how weird ending uh, awful ending uh, just broncos deciding not to go for or not deciding not to advance closer for their kicker they just say go out there let's kick a 64 yarder peyton manning sitting there begging for a timeout let's all right let's take a timeout all right let's take a timeout here all right look, what are we doing shannon sharp they have shannon sharp on the broadcast with them he's absolutely infuri- infuriated so it was just uh it was great tuning into the Manning cast last night. Great start to the season. It made me angry because no longer were the Cowboys the dumbest week one team or the, the biggest joke of week one. It's the Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett and him just completely losing his mind there at the last minute. And I guess you can say that was his plan. If that is his plan, it was a stupid plan. Oh my god, I hope settle for a sixty four yard field goal. That was the well. I think it wasn't the plan, and he looked up at the Monday night bright lights in his first NFL head coaching job and just completely lost the plot. Wow, it was ridiculous. I mean, and you you settle for a sixty-four yarder. That's what's going to happen. You get Russell Wilson in the offseason for these moments to get you in those positions, not to sit on your hands and settle for a sixty-four yard field goal, where a very good kicker at McManus. But a 64-yarder, that is the second longest in history. If he makes it, that is the second yeah, longest field like goal a, in history. They're acting like it's a 34-yard yard field goal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just mind-boggling what happened yesterday. And if you didn't tune in to – I still don't know what Joe Buck and Troy Aitman's reactions were. but Because man, I didn't. I don't either. I, don't I, I didn't tune in. I didn't tune into that. I didn't. I'm not watching that. I didn't watch it. But, uh, yeah, the Manning cast was great. And as you can just tell, just between Peyton Manning and Shannon Sharp, they're like, what is going on? They wasted 30 seconds before they even called a timeout. Yeah, it was just brain dead, brain dead stuff. Um, Chandler, now's a good time as we head into break to remind people we have 20 more viewers than we do likes on Mm -hmm. YouTube. And right now we have seven more viewers than likes on Facebook. I don't know what these people are doing. I don't know what they're thinking. Oh god. I don't know. I don't know how they were raised. Oh my god. They raised Not in, right apparently. In a barn, you know, did they have Maybe they had a tough upbringing. I don't, I don't want to say that, but yeah. 
we're here to to learn you teach you the ways and that is to smash the like smash the sub it's simple i mean we're all out of school most of us are we're not asking you to for a whole this is uh probably the easiest task you'll have to be asked hey peter peter uh is a student in east carolina he's probably got some work to do at home but even so this is not adding too much to that workload no this is a simple click the mouse on a thumb mouse thumb thumb mouse get them to let them get to know each other it is that simple folks please and you're helping us out you're not helping just helping us out with followers with the likes going up and subscriptions going no, up. no it's not even you're about helping that. us mentally yeah mentally it makes us feel good i think physically as well because when i get home after a well-liked program yes i like i don't know the ox it's easier to breathe like smells better people don't know this but when i whenever people like the more people like the program and subscribe to it i go home and i run three miles yeah it gives you that extra that i go home and i just run a marathon yeah hey chandler what are you doing people like the program today it was awesome they call him 5k chan man so you're not just helping our mental health we found out today you're helping our physical health and if you don't if we don't get those likes up, this fat slob over here goes home, pulls his shirt up so just his belly's exposed, sits on the couch, eats Cheetos. He's got the Cheeto finger. He's got the dust getting in his belly button. It's a scene that I don't like. And I'm crying. And he's crying. Don't forget that. Don't forget that I'm crying. Have you ever had Cheeto dust mixed in with tears and the substance? The, uh, it's terrible. It's so gross. And I, I don't like talking about it. I don't like thinking about it. And quite frankly, we shouldn't have to talk about it or think about it because you should be hitting the like. It happened last week to me because we only had like three likes on Facebook. That is a true story. Anyway, we're, we'll, we're going to soldier. So on. it's up to you guys. We're yeah. just tell, we're just telling you that it would help us out. Yeah, and we would highly appreciate it. We already appreciate you tuning into the program. Kind of. I mean, I, for them to listen, but yeah, yeah. to exceed, to do one more, yeah, we one preach more. one more here at Pirate Radio. For you to do one more at home, yeah. that is to hit the like yep. and to smash the sub. Yep. And it is that simple to succeed in this task. Do it, folks, please. We're going to soldier through like or no like and talk to Chris Haymeyer, the voice of not just the camels, the fighting camels of Campbell. And we'll do that when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Hour two on the way. Back with you after this. listening to hour two of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by first bank together with our customers we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive visit the first bank location on arlington boulevard in greenville for all your personal and business banking needs now back to the show welcome back do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event we'll keep it local and print it local with university sportswear Contact them today at UniversitySportswearENC.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Cliff Barat. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Just something to maybe keep an eye on. The Colts are waving Rodrigo Blankenship, the goggled 
punter, or kicker, I should say, according to Tom Pelissero. Jake Verity was on the Colts this preseason. Might not get brought back since they already cut him once, but something to keep an eye on. I do, I do have an update on oh, that. Oh, boy. They've already signed another kicker. Oh, boy. Who's this bum they brought I in? I believe he was with the Browns. Ah, sounds Don't like a bum. Don't quote me with that. I think the picture they showed was the Browns. They've signed one guy and then another guy to their practice squad. So, uh, but yeah. All right. Because I've been checking to see if the Colts would give Verity a call. The Colts are signing Chase McLaughlin. Yep. And Lucas Haversick. <laughs> Haversick. Bless you. Uh, to the practice squad. Yeah. All right. So they've already got their kickers. So I. Yep. Disregard. Yep. Start the segment over. No, it's okay. All right. Let's just welcome in Chris Haymeyer to the Pit Electric Live Line. You used to hear Chris Haymeyer after games here on Pirate Radio taking your calls on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. And I'm trying to get him uh, – I think I said this off season. if Campbell beats East Carolina this Saturday, I'm getting the hell out of here. I don't want to face those calls, and I'm going to let Chris take over. Chris, uh, how you doing today, sir? I agree with you 100%. I will go in and take the calls, and I'm going to do a little uh, a little pregame show for you. This has trap game written all over it. Oh, yeah? I, I, I said it back in the summer. And now it's it's setting up emotional. What a performance against against NC State, a game ECU should have won, but bouncing back against an old Dominion team that that already proved that they can they can take down the big guys. They're probably already practicing against the triple option right now. <laughs> conference foe Navy coming in on September 24th, and even though we know Coach Houston is talking about when he was back at JMU and they beat FBS teams all the time and never ever overlook an FCS team with something to prove. They're not listening to them. They're going to paint it gold. The Camels could paint it orange. First caller, go. It's from Vanceboro. You're on. What do you think about the Camels win? I like this. I like heel Chris Amire coming into the show today. This is good. That's a nice heel turn you made there, Chris. Uh, <laughs> Campbell one and one on the year. Some of that stuff you said could very well be true. We see it in college football each and every weekend. Campbell knocked off the Citadel. They already took down one of Mike Houston's old teams uh, this year, Chris, but lost to William and Mary on Saturday, thirty-seven twenty-one. So, give us uh, give us an update on the fighting camels so far this season through two weeks, Chris. One and one on the year. Yeah, definitely great things in the opener. The the Citadel's not very good this year, and with the changes to the option offense, Campbell really did what they should have done. They were favored in that game, and they went in and and got him. At William & Mary was a good test for Campbell. Um, Campbell making the announcement that, that all of their sports are, are going to the CAA next year. You know, the CAA, a fantastic FCS football conference, if not the best football conference. They usually get four, five, six into the FCS playoffs, and William & Mary has picked to finish in the top four this year. So Campbell went there to a team that was ranked 20th and in the top 25 in a lot of polls in, in FCS, and they really look like they belong, Cliff. It wasn't that William and Mary was faster. It wasn't that William and Mary was bigger. Campbell shot themselves in the foot. Three interceptions, including a pick six. I'm not saying without the turnovers that Campbell would have won that game, but it would have been a lot closer than two touchdowns. Campbell has a great 
um, mix this season of guys that have been in the program four, five, even even six years because of COVID, uh, guys that have really grown and developed. They have some power five and group of five transfers, and they boast the number one recruiting class in all of FCS. They got double-digit three- and four-star guys that are true freshmen, and a handful of them are playing, and a handful of them are making the difference. The big difference with Campbell this year, and remember it's only their fifth year as an FCS scholarship team, they have depth. They would get worn down in the second half of games uh, over the past three or four years, and now they don't because they can change out their whole defensive line and not miss a beat. They can do that with linebackers. They can do that with guys on offense. And it's it's starting to show because they actually get stronger as games go on now. Chris Amar joining us on the Pitt Electric Live Line. And, uh, Chris, I, I want to get back to this current team in a moment. This doesn't really matter now, but I am curious. I think we – I guess we talked previously to July 25th because on July 25th it was announced that uh, Pat White – was leaving Campbell to become an assistant on the L.A. Chargers. And it, just a curious move that late into the offseason when you're gearing up, getting ready to go for fall camp. So I, I don't know, how, how big of a surprise was that uh, to the football program, to Mike Minter there, or is that something that had been in the works, Chris? Well, it, it was a little bit of a surprise, but, you know, Minter has gone with the approach. He is filling up um, his – coaching staff with guys that have either coached or played in the NFL. Reggie Howard, who was his secondary mate, you remember him from from those great Carolina Panthers team a couple of of decades ago. He's the co-defensive coordinator. Brown is the running backs coach. And so it was something that they didn't love the timing, but Coach Minner knows how special it is to not only play in the NFL, but then to be on an NFL coaching staff. As, as he said in our in our radio show last night, there's something about the shield that really helps you develop, whether you're a player or, or a coach. And so he was happy for Pat. And Campbell's quarterback, Haj Malik Williams, who was the, the freshman of the year in the Big South Conference in 2019 and really has been injured and with the COVID year, just now shaking off the rust he's an experienced guy that that obviously learned a lot from white because he's a dual threat quarterback as well he can run as good as he throws but he's an experienced guy that 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 wasn't really shaken and it wasn't that much of a punch in the gut that pat white left and 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 pat did a lot when he was here a real approachable guy you wouldn't know who he was unless you knew who he was He, he was that kind of guy that just blended in and and did his job and 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 really was with them all spring and all summer so he learned some stuff and and was able to go on mike houston uh raved about that quarterback earlier today at his press conference and says uh he is a dangerous player and said he uh watched some tape from last year and he won a game just about all by himself so tell us about the uh, the talented qb we'll see at dowdy ficklin stadium on saturday chris yeah hajmalik williams is an fbs talent um he was signed to go to army um, out of high school in, in Atlanta. They put him in a, in a military school prep school to, to get him stronger, um, to, to get ready to go to Army and, and you know, of course, running a, an option offense there. And, and, and he found out that the military lifestyle wasn't, wasn't for him. And so, and so he found Campbell, who recruited him out of high school. And what's great about him, and it's been great from day one, he's not a runner that has had to learn how to throw he was a complete quarterback that can really run when the pocket breaks down. And he'll stay in that pocket 
unlike some that, you know, as soon as a, a rush comes that they take off the other way. But I tell you what, whether it's a broken play or a draw, he can really make things happen. He had two touchdowns on the ground um, in, the, in the game against William and Mary. And one of those guys that, that doesn't seem to have the, the flat-out 40 times speed, but he just gives those little moves with the hips, the, the, the little moves with the feet, and he can really freeze defenders. And especially when he gets into the second level, he's very, very tough to bring down. And he can also drop it on a dime for, for, for 50 yards. He had an unbelievable pass across the uh, entire field um, to his tight end, Julian Hill, who's a guy that the NFL is looking at. He's a local product from, from Fayetteville and a, and a great story. But he's a guy that can really do it all, especially when things break down. And he's behind a darn good offensive line, especially for the FCS level. Campbell has size up there. Campbell averages 330 across the line. That's as big as you'll see in FCS, no matter what team you're playing. And it's a line that really matches up well, at least sidewise, to to FBS defenses line. Yeah, and, and I know uh, we talked about this in the back in the summer that Mike Minner and Campbell uh, put together a very impressive recruiting class. So it really sounds like things are building there for the Campbell Fighting Camels. Chris Haymeyer joining us on the Pit Electric Live line. Chris, how about the defensive side of the ball? Uh, how, how does Candle, uh, Campbell plan to, uh, to try to attack these Pirates on Saturday? It's going to be tough. You know, the, the size is going to be the thing that's going to be really, really tough. The, the thing in the FCS level, which is which is the di- difference maker, is you have a bunch of receivers that are six feet. ECU has a bunch of uh, a bunch of receivers that are six four, six five, and can run really fast. So I think I think that's the biggest key. Campbell, I, I believe, can hold their own on on the defensive line. They have a couple of great defensive ends. Brevin Allen is a guy that pro scouts have come to look at, and, and Campbell has had half the NFL teams here on campus. Um, since the beginning of camp, and so he's for real. He's a guy that's a, a, a Shrine Bowl 1000 nominee and a guy that they're looking at for for a lot of things. The preseason defensive player of the year in the Big South Conference. He was a player of the year in the Big South Conference last year. So they've got some guys that can really move and can play at the next level um, at the at the defensive line. Good linebackers too. And again, I think I think the real key is going to be what Campbell can do in the secondary. They have a lot of fast guys. They have great corners. They have great safeties. They can stay with anybody. But can they get up and get that ball and out jump and out maneuver somebody that's that's 6'4 and 6'5? Of course, with one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the nation with Ehlers as well, somebody that knows what to do and, and knows his guy well. I, I think that's the, that's the big thing on the defensive side of the ball that worries you a little bit if you're the Camels. Talking to Chris Haymeyer on the Pitt Electric Live Line, looking ahead, North Carolina Central next on the docket after East Carolina for Campbell, and then it's Charleston Southern, Robert Morris, and then a date with Dion and uh, Jackson State, Coach Prime versus Mike Minner, October 22nd. Campbell uh, closes out the year with North Carolina A&T, Bryant, Gardner-Webb, Delaware State. So two games in, Chris, one and one on the year. Kind of looking ahead, big picture here. You know, What's the feeling there in Bowie's Creek about how – this uh, 2022 season goes for the uh, Fighting Camels. This is Campbell's most talented team. This is Campbell's uh, deepest team. This is a, a Campbell coaching staff. Mike Minner has 
a bunch of guys on, on, on both sides of the coaching staff in the offensive room and the defensive room that, that, that he trusts. This is, this is his team and the team that he, that he has put together uh, to win the Big South Conference and make it to the FCS playoffs. The Big South this year, and this is one of the many reasons why, why Campbell accepted the invitation to the CAA and was, and was really happy that it was extended to him, Big South football has taken a hit. This was 10 years ago, a, a two-bid league, when Coastal Carolina and, and Liberty were two teams mm. that were at the FCS level. Kennesaw State and Monmouth were two perennial top 25 teams, Cliff, and, and they moved on to, to other conferences. So right now you were, you were reading that long list, and people at home were saying, Robert Morris is on Campbell's schedule? They're in the Big South. Charleston Southern is Gardner-Webb, but so is Bryant that just moved up from Division II. They're in the Big South. North Carolina A&T is in the CAA and everything else except football this year. So when you look at that, Charleston Southern, Robert Morris, NCA&T, Bryant, and Gardner-Webb, that's a winnable Big South Conference. Um, that's also what everybody else in the Big South Conference and in football is thinking as well. But, but Mike Minner truly believes, and from what I've seen so far, I think they've got a good shot at it of, of winning the Big South. You get the automatic bid, of course, and then putting Campbell into the FCS playoffs for the first time in this program's history. Rebirth of football just in its 15th year, just in the fifth year of scholarship, of course. But that would be a, a big, big step forward. Minner has been here for 10 years. He has had to build this program um, from the ground up, essentially taking over in year six of the program. And, and he's been really pointing towards this year as, as the year where they could get into the FCS playoffs. And that would be a great springboard into the CAA where the competition from top to bottom gets a lot stiffer. Chris Amire joining us looking at future schedules. The uh, Fighting Camels will be in Chapel Hill next season, 2023. Uh, Liberty once again back on the schedule in 2024 at NC State, 25 and 28. And Chris, uh, we're just trying to make it to Saturday, but if we're still alive and kicking in 2026, uh, you could be calling a game from the swamp. So looks like Campbell has gone out, tried to schedule a, a road FBS opponent here for the next uh, six years anyway, and uh, got some big names on that schedule. No doubt we can we can credit uh, former Eastern North Carolina legend uh, Ricky Ray, who did uh, Campbell baseball for a while there um, when he was here as our deputy athletic director. Um, he went out and and got those and got those big names and, and and that's a good point you make with these with these FBS Power Five teams. This game against ECU is huge for Campbell. It's huge for the Campbell fan base. It's it's big for the players and the coaching staff. This will be the the biggest stadium Campbell has ever played in. They played Wake Forest during that weird 2020 COVID fall where where Campbell put together a schedule of four of four FBS, teams, yeah. but. There was, there was nobody in the stadium there. So this will be a, a truly big atmosphere. And look, there's a lot of guys from Eastern North Carolina on this Campbell team. There's a lot of guys from around the state and, and around the region, and, and they've got something to prove here. And, and what people have always said around here, you know, when Campbell restarted football was a great thing, but they were FCS non-scholarship in the Pioneer Football League, which was made up of Davidson and Butler and Drake, and it was a confusing conference and glorified Division II. But this, when they run out to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, and hopefully, if uh, if the majority of your fans are able to make it in from the from the tailgate fields that they've been at since 10 a.m. and and fill that stadium up a little bit, 
it's definitely going to be something, and I think it's going to really, to a lot of people, mean, okay, this is a scholarship FCS football team. We're playing the big boys now. This means something. And let's be, and let's be honest, there's probably some people in eastern North Carolina and other sides of the state that don't exactly know about Campbell football, that it's back, that it's FCS scholarship now, and they'll know because of the coverage uh, they'll get in that game versus ECU, win or lose. Chris Amire joining us. Going to be a lot of gold in the seats, some uh, purple, some um, hefty gentlemen like myself who always wear black, and also uh, some orange. How much orange, Chris? How many? Uh, you got an estimation on the crowd support for Campbell on Saturday? Well, based on the amount of people that have asked me for tickets, and I can't get anybody any, that it's going to be it's going to be quite a few. I mean, this is an hour and a half away. That's why. ECU and, and Campbell play each other in, in so many different sports because it's good competition and it's and it's so close. So we're expecting a lot. We will be in from the tailgate fields for the national anthem and the runout and Purple Haze and, and, and everything like that. So you better be ready. And if I didn't respect the voice of the Pirates, Jeff Charles, so well, and I've already talked to him, him this week, if there is that big upset, you bet I would say you can paint this one orange, but I won't do that, even if Campbell wins because of the respect that I have, not only for Pirate Radio, my former employer, my respect for you, Cliff, but my respect, of course, for the voice, Jeff Charles. Chris Amire, always keeping it classy, joining us here today on Pirate Radio Live. Chris, is everything, uh, how's the personal life going? Everything good in the world of Haymire right now? I've got two 13-month-old twin boys. Um, it's amazing, and, and it's a lot. I'm on my fourth cup of coffee, and um, they're excited about the, about the game this week, and they won't be in attendance because their bedtime is, uh, is at 7. Yeah. It's, been, um, it's been amazing. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a whole lot of fun, and um, I, I love being a dad, and, and they already, I mean, you know, I think I think class of of, of, of twenty forty one, which if you want to be old, <laughs> figure that out. Um, I got started a little late on the whole family thing, but uh, Brian North has been uh, guiding me through. Uh, well, I was going to say you had a great mentor yeah. there, right? Uh, Brian North got started late, <laughs> right? Brian North, my my former boss as well, um, and yeah, it's been it's been awesome, um, and. Um, I'm very happy and thankful we have an awesome wife and a great uh, great support system around here. Great to hear, Chris. Always fun to have you back here on Pirate Radio. And I uh, still got a lot of fans here in the East from your time at WCTI 12 or with the old K Tribe or here at Pirate Radio. You uh, have done a number of things on that resume and uh, doing a great job as the voice of the Campbell Fighting Camels. We will see you on Saturday, Chris, and, uh, and we'll see what your uh, Fighting Camels got for these Pirates. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. All right. Hopefully they'll put up a fight. And and thanks, Cliff. You have uh, always been awesome. And thanks for having me around. And that's why it's so much fun to go back to uh, to ECU because there are so many old friends. So thanks a lot for having me on. And uh, we'll see you on Saturday. Yes, sir. There he is. Chris Haymeyer, voice of the Fighting Camels and uh, former host of the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. And I think it's only right that if there is a massive upset on Saturday that Chris hosts the Call-In Show and boy that would piss some people off even more i don't know people would be so upset about the game they probably won't even care that chris is in here gloating i don't know so would that mean you would be on this side of the glass and i can go home i'm gonna be home watching football surely you are as well we'll have chris bring in his own producer and everything no campbell take over 
<laughs> yeah, hey, because that's who used to be here, right? When I Chris, think so. Yeah. I think Chris, I know, I remember doing some, uh, producing some of the games, or some of the shows with chris but i think wes might have done some too that'd also be a punishment to chris for being in here but uh yeah i'll get wes and chris in here if there is a massive upset but there will not be because the pirates will take care of business coming up on Saturday. all right chandler your thoughts clip uh good job throughout that interview by the way clip clip that one together charlie just in case clip what together pirates are going to take care of business oh wow so you doubt the pirates I'm just saying, anything's possible. Wow. Oh, okay, Troy, thanks. Anything's possible! Chandler Honeycutt, East Carolina doubter, joining me on the show. What concerns you the most, Chandler, about this game? Well, First of all, really. this is your second most anticipated game on the schedule, so you are really not anymore. excited. Oh, not anymore? Where does it rank now? Pat White is probably bottom of the barrel. So, Pat White, somebody that was probably going to be like in the booth and you wouldn't be able to see him the entire game was the only reason this was your number two game and they're like number one in fcs in recruiting <laughs> all right well they still are well but pat white's gone all right chandler liking campbell's chances coming up on Saturday. no don't do that don't do that you don't think east carolina's gonna win Yes, they're. I mean, I think they're going to win. I Wait, think whoa, whoa, whoa! Win. Is Chandler writing off Campbell? Wait, did you just say yes? They're going to win? No, you? no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying East Carolina. I think East Carolina is going to take care of business. Okay, you had an issue with me saying that. No, but you you said it with confidence. I said I think that's what's going to happen. But you said East Carolina will take care of business because I have confidence in the Pirates. Unlike yourself, we have just learned that. You know what? I, I'm going to kick you off the show. That's fine with me. All right. You're out of here, bud. We'll see you Wednesday. No, I'm, can I stay for at least 15 more minutes? Yeah, but then you're out of here. All right. Fine with me. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll come back. More to go. Pirate Radio Live. Brian Bailey joins us when we return on this Tuesday edition of PRL. Still to come, Bryce Williams. We got some Mike Houston audio to get to from earlier today. Uh, at East Carolina press conference, football press conference. I'm saying this wrong from Tuesday because in my brain, I'm also thinking of interviews that I don't have on that sheet, Shirley, that I would like for you to put up on your board, including Jaira Wilson, Ryan Jones, and Jack Powers. What a name. Jack Powers. Jack Powers. Jack Powers on the tackle for the Pirates. And you have to say it like that or else it doesn't work. Jack Powers. Right. We have those interviews as well. So uh, all that and more on tap. Pirate Radio Live on a Tuesday. Smash the like. Back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now back to the show. Welcome back from sales to service. Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered. You can shop all of their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net. If you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle, they have a full service and repair facility. They do brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World across from Speedway at Bells Fork and online at greenvilleautoworld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers for their sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live, Shirley Rhodes, CJ Schaefer, Chandler Honeycutt. Clip Rock here with you on a Tuesday. Bryce Williams joins us hour three. We got some Mike Houston audio to get to. And we've got Brian Bailey to get to right now on the Pit Electric Live line. Pit Electric is your trusted electrical partner since 1981, Eastern North Carolina's premier electrical contractor for the past 40 plus years. And Pit Electric is hiring. You can join the team today by going to pitelectric.com. BB joins us here on a Tuesday. Bailey, how you doing today, man? great how are you doing great hey good to hear you're great uh coming off a busy football weekend we'll start with the pirates taking care of odu and i had a few concerns going into the game you know old dominion coming off that win east carolina you, you worry about letting nc state beat you twice and all that i wasn't really worried about that i guess my concern was i thought odu was a a pretty darn good football team rolling in here and uh, it was close for a while, but the Pirates take care of business, Bailey. And, uh, you know, the better team won, got it done. Some of the numbers uh, showed some domination from East Carolina on Saturday. So uh, what would you think of uh, the Pirates being able to take care of business at home and get their first win? I was surprised at some of the numbers. I mean, in watching it, I knew they were a little inflated at some time because, you know, Keaton breaks that 81-yarder and, I didn't realize the time of possession was as lopsided as it was. I thought Old Dominion was better at quarterback than I thought they were against Virginia Tech. I didn't. I watched the Tech game when Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech, and I, I didn't think either offense was very good or both defenses were just dominant. I really didn't think that either. I just thought both offenses struggled. I thought Old Dominion was better offensively than I thought they would be, but I think that East Carolina, when they needed to clamp down on defense and then, of course, uh, the running game, they – they just warmed down in that second half, and uh, you know it's great when Keaton gets loose in the secondary. Nobody's going to catch him. That was fun to watch, and uh, it was. It turned out to be you know kind of kind of what we thought it might be. You know the, the point spread I think was around twelve, and Old Dominion kept it you know relatively close until that fourth quarter. But good teams dominate late, and that's what East Carolina did. Pirates going to be a hefty favorite this week. Haven't seen a line yet, but uh, there will be one uh, if there's not already. Eventually. For ECU and Campbell to be the Camels' first trip here to Greenville to take on the Pirates, Mike Minner's program, and uh, they're trying to build things in the FCS. I know they had a, a really good recruiting class, I think right up there with Deion Sanders' Jackson State team. So trying to build something there, but this is one that uh, we should be able to see a lot of backups at some point in this game, Bailey. Well, you say that, but then you talk to Coach Houston, and you know, you have to kind of whittle through how much of, of what Coach is saying is what he's trying to tell his team and how much he really believes it. But I know he's got a lot of respect for Campbell. Uh, I, I know that, that, that just, just in, in, I guess, his experience with James Madison and seeing with some of those teams 
you know, through the years have been able to accomplish. And I think that, you know, he, he said that he thinks this might be the, the biggest set of linemen that his Pirates will see all year, which really tells you something. But the teams that the Pirates play, you know, all year, the NC States, the BYUs. Uh, so so that, that part of it, you know, I think is a concern for Pirate fans. I do think that, obviously, East Carolina has much better skill personnel uh, as far as that goes. But uh, it was interesting to listen to him uh, talk. We talked to him before the uh, press conference today, then listening to the press conference, and I did a little interview with him afterwards. And, and, and I, see, I see genuine concern, um, although that's what coaches do. And, and he's got to get his Pirates to understand that if they go out and lay an egg, that that, that win over Old Dominion doesn't mean anything, and they're back at square one. All right, that's what Mike Houston thinks. I think that we're going to see a lot of backups, and it'll be a blowout. So let's hear what Brian Bailey thinks about it. What do you? What's your opinion on it? You know, I, th- I think we're going to see a, a similar game to what we saw against Old Dominion, but I think East Carolina will take control earlier. They may take control late in the second quarter, early in the third, and then uh, you know, either pour it on or cruise from there. I, th- I think it's you know, I think it's kind of a combination of both. I don't see Campbell coming in into Dowdy Ficklin and winning. I didn't realize they haven't played since 1939. So that's a, that's a long time between games. Uh, we tried to find some video of it, but we're not sure if there was any video at that time. You need to find a surviving member of uh, one of those teams and talk to them on Channel 9, Bailey. Yeah, that was, yeah, if we could find somebody, but that's a long, man, that's a long time. <laughs> that it is and look uh, we saw charleston southern come in here last year and uh that quarterback jack chambers is still giving me nightmares he was fantastic and uh they hung with him put a major scare into east carolina so you know we've seen it before and fcs teams have knocked off fbs teams before but i don't know i I love the business-like mentality this team has coming off a loss coming off a win they're able to to stay balanced and that just gives me a hope that they're going to uh, take care of business Saturday and and moving forward, Bailey. Just be in and have a chance to win every game they have on the schedule this season. And and we haven't been able to say that for a while. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's really what what the the whole mindset of that East Carolina program is under Mike Houston is that hey, if we go, it's kind of like the Cliff Godwin theory that he's always said: if we go in and play our brand of ball, we're going to win the game. Yeah. Wins will take care of themselves. And I think that's the same thing we're seeing with football right now is that is that Coach Houston's got a team now that he doesn't have gaping holes all over the place. He's got a very solid program. And as you said, I think, you know, you look at the schedule, the, the most difficult game on the schedule left is the trip to Provo to play BYU. Yep. Other than that, and, and there's some difficult games, don't get me wrong, but I think there are games that the Pirates will definitely, you know, compete in each one of those games and, and as you said, have a chance to win each and every one of them. And for those of you not that impressed with the East Carolina victory over Old Dominion, well, the, the, the Sun Belt had him a day on Saturday, and East Carolina is not one of those teams that be that's being talked about right now, along with uh, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, and Nebraska. All those teams lost the Sun Belt teams. East Carolina took care of business. How about that wild uh, Saturday, Bailey, just for, for teams in the Sun Belt alone? And that was that was really crazy to think. And, and – we're kind of in the mindset that we respect the Sun Belt because we've seen what Appalachian State can do through the years. Uh, we know what Georgia State did to East Carolina, you know, a couple of years ago. So uh, we we understand how good that league is. Some folks may not, but uh, that was that was crazy. What what they accomplished on on Saturday kind of rivals what the American has been able to do at times. Now the American now they can boast that they had you know Cincinnati in the playoff and some other things like that, but. 
that was a huge Saturday for that league. And we got a couple of calls after the game on Saturday night about, you know, should East Carolina be looking to get into the Sun Belt? And, you know, my answer is, well, what does the dollar figure say? If it's more lucrative to be in the American, you certainly don't take a pay cut to, to join another league. Now, from a making sense standpoint, geography standpoint, like basketball, yeah, it'd be great to have those uh, rivalries with teams like that, Old Dominion, James Madison, App State, and and so on but it's all it all comes down to dollars right bailey and we'll see what happens with the next um agreements when with the tv contracts but uh, you know the Sun Belt is trying to make their claim they have done a good job of making their conference regional and also very competitive in football but i'm still not willing to say it, it's going to be more lucrative uh to join the Sun Belt than it is to you know stay in the american Oh, it's certainly not. It, right now, it's apples and oranges. Yeah. And, it, you know, what, what, what the Sun Belt's going to try to do, obviously, is what the Americans have been able to do is just raise their stock and, and, and make better deals down the road. But, uh, yeah, for, for right now, the Americans is where East Carolina needs to be. Although I agree with you. I think the regional games and rivalries are just, you know, that, that makes for, you know, it, it's if you're, a, if you're a fan of a football team, you know, it's fun to get up on a Saturday and drive to where you can watch the game. You know, whether it, if it's a home game, obviously you're close. But if it's an away game, if you can go to Raleigh in an hour and a half and watch a game, if you can go across the state to App State and, and watch a game, I mean, you know, maybe you go a night early. But but those those robberies are are you know that's what leagues were meant to be like back in the day. The ACC started that way, and you know, at some point we lost focus of that, and everything's a national league. I'll never forget Terry Holland. When he was athletic director and he had a big press conference and he said, you know, the reason we're bringing everybody together is, is that all of a sudden conferences have become, you know, national leagues pretty much. You have to travel by plane everywhere you go. And we want our non-conference slate to be, you know, a regional type slate. We want to play regional games and somehow we're going to do it. And he was able to put together the Virginias, the Virginia Techs, you know, the state, North Carolinas, Dukes, Wake Forest, you know, trying to play those teams. And, and that's what, that's, that's what you have to do now. Brian Bailey joining us on the Pit Electric Live Line. Bailey, I got good news for you. The the Cowboys weren't the biggest disappointment of week one. How about Denver at the end of that game last night? Nathaniel Hackett, first-year head coach, seemed absolutely lost at the end of that game, settles for a 64-yard field goal to win it. It is uh, wide left, and Denver loses to Seattle in Russell Wilson's homecoming. And I just incredible. I, I don't know, man. He, he, I don't know if he got caught in the lights. There's no way that was the plan. The entire drive there to just let you know a minute roll off the clock and settle for that field goal. It was uh, it was laughable. I'm just trying to figure out how he had Mike McCarthy on the headphones. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was baffling. It was bizarre. I mean, I'm watching the game and I'm like, well, why don't we? You know, why don't you call a timeout and set your play up for fourth down? And why don't you? You know, you've got Russell Wilson back there who who can run it, can pass it. I mean, who's done so many wild, magical things on that field over the years, and they take it out of his hands. And I saw so many. I saw the the odds of or the percentages of sixty four yard field goals compared to the percentages right. of Russell Wilson on fourth and five. I mean, it was it was it was mind boggling that because if you go for it on fourth and five and you don't get it, the game's over. Obviously. But I like my chances of getting that fourth and five a lot better than a 64. I don't care who's kicking it. I mean, you know, they were acting like, hey, you know, he can make it from there. Well, yeah, he can, but he didn't. And that's just, <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. I, I, I was stunned.
stunned watching the end of that game. And that comes after two fumbles on the one-yard line. Everybody is killing Denver for using Melvin Gordon at the, the one-yard line. Put Use Javante Williams. He's the, your big back. Put it. So they use him the next time he fumbles. Uh, it was just yeah. – I mean, the Broncos fans have to be sick. Uh, the good news is there's a lot more games left, but – it stinks to start zero and one, and uh, I can't relate to that being a Commanders fan. But you, Bailey, can. you you can being a boys fan. I can relate. You know, and, and as a Cowboy fan, they were they looked so good last year in the opener with Tampa Bay, and they lost. Right. You, you went away from that game thinking, hey, they got a chance to be. You know, they're in the NFC East. They got a chance to be pretty good. And they were good. Good last year. Yeah. And they should have. You know, when you get to that point. Playoff games are so precious, and you can't lay an egg in the playoffs, and, and they did against San Francisco. So you come around this year, and they've, they've got some holes, and you know, it didn't help with the injury with uh, Tyron Smith, and you got it, it, they've got so many things going on, and as bad as they look. And then when Dak hurts his thumb, it's like now they're in desperation mode where they've got to figure out a way to scramble and try to win as many as they can until Dak gets back. When Dak gets back, they're not going to go undefeated. So I mean, they've they've got you know they got a lot of work to do. And if I liked what I saw out of the NFC East teams, I mean, I don't think we're, we're the NFC least this year. I think the Eagles have a lot of talent. I think they'll be tough to beat. I think the Giants, you know, if, if Saquon Barkley runs like that all year, they're going to be right in there. I mean, as far as that goes. So the more games everybody wins, the worse it is for the boys. And maybe that's what Dallas needs. Dallas. Might need one of those four and thirteen seasons. Get a great draft pick. Get rid of the coach. Find a general manager. Go from there. Find it. Okay, everything you said was possible until the end. We we went over it yesterday on Pirate Radio Live. Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones Jr., Charlotte Jones. Those are the people in charge, Bailey. There is no general manager. Jerry is the general manager and always will be. Yeah. Well, he, he won't always. But he's going to die one of these days. Okay, and then Steven takes it. It's the same damn thing. It's ain't going to change. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking, I do think that there's a chance that when Steven takes over, there may be a, there may be something. I, I think Steven has seen through the years that maybe we need to go a different route, but obviously he doesn't have any say-so with his dad. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I think they, yeah. You know, and then if you get a GM in there and, and you don't do any good, then you get another GM. I mean, it's just, if, if, if the general manager's job through the years with the Cowboys had come up each time for what Jerry Jones did, he'd have been fired four or five times. So, Brian Bailey joining us. Uh, man, it almost feels like college football, and it, it probably won't work out this way because it's the NFL. It never does. But after watching Thursday and Sunday, you kind of just want to fast forward to the AFC Championship between the Bills and the Chiefs. Uh, they look dominant in week one, Bailey. And I like what I saw from some other teams. Baltimore uh, looks really good in the north. I, I like the Dolphins this year, and they took care of the Patriots. Uh, the Chargers look good. But, man, the Chiefs and the Bills looked like they were kind of sending a message week one. I really, yeah, I, I watched the whole Bills game, and they just they were just totally dominant. And then the Chiefs, they scored so you know so many points early. I turned that game off and watched something else. But uh, yeah, they they were both looked really really good. And uh, you know it, it's I guess you know ESPN does the overreaction Monday and stuff. But, but I, I tell you, I didn't see a, a flaw in those two teams. And, yeah, uh, that'll, that'll be great. But it, it all depends too how who stays healthy and yeah. gets to the playoffs. There's always some you know team like the Giants that gets hot and has no business 
winning the Super Bowl and they win two and you just can't tell. Yeah, and I mean, look, Dak will be back. He's not out for the year or anything, but I heard, uh, you know, Steelers fans, CJ, and he wasn't the only one I heard this from, but he said the Steelers won, but their season's over because TJ Watt's injured. So, you know, you you lose a big a, a primetime player like that, it changes the trajectory of everything. No matter if you're winning or losing, you're, you're down in the dumps. And they do so much to try to protect the quarterback, and some of those calls are just so ridiculous. Yeah, we saw a ton of them on Sunday. Jack breaks his thumb on a fluke play. <laughs> he just hits another player's hand. I mean, yeah. they're playing patty cake, and he breaks his thumb. Brian Bailey joining us. What did you say yesterday, Bailey? We are entering week what of the high school season? Five? five. Man, that doesn't seem right. It's, it's the conference opener. Yeah, it's, it's it's absolutely flying by. Week five of the high school football season, the, the big Carolina 3A, 4A, which, which features so many great games throughout the season. And they've got a couple of really good ones uh, for their first uh, week of conference play with Jacksonville playing host to J.H. Rose and New Bern and Havelock. Number one versus number two in our touchdown Friday top nine. New Bern uh, looks like the uh, the big bad bear in that conference, and we'll see if Havelock can take him down coming up Friday night. Bailey, we'll uh, talk to you coming up Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. We enjoy your on-the-field report, so uh, we'll catch up with you then. Have a great rest of your week, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Sounds good. Looking forward to another great Saturday at Dowdy Fix. And we will be checking in with BB coming up 2 o'clock. Uh, our show begins at 2. We'll talk to BB uh on that program saturday on the bud light pregame tailgate we're with you late night saturday night on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show we wrapped up close to midnight this past week so we'll be with you until the last caller is served we will take a break come back you're ready to wrap up hour number two of our show send you over to hour three where we will talk pirate football little nfl and go pirate radio outdoors with bryce williams we'll hear from mike houston during that hour as well it's all ahead prl back with you after this Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Did you miss a show on Pirate Radio? Well, you can listen to all of Pirate Radio's archived local programming by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. You can subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your iPhone or Apple device and search for Pirate Radio Audio Archives. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Welcome back to Pirate Radio Live. Boy, baseball really gets lost in the shuffle this time of year. Uh, Braves lost last night. So did the Mets. So Atlanta remains a game and a half back in the NL East. You've got uh, the Orioles losing two straight now. They have really hit a slide over the last few series and are uh, will have to go on kind of a miracle run here if they want to make postseason play. I goes Mariners coming off a series win over Atlanta over the weekend, putting them in uh, 
very comfortable spot here for a uh, a wild card although they are fighting right now with the rays and the blue jays kind of a three-horse race there between tampa seattle and toronto to see who are the uh the wild cards there in the al um also wanted to mention this alec burleson getting his first hit over the weekend that was pretty cool to see a shot up the middle for a base hit and then earlier today was it earlier today because you had this pulled up on your computer shirley when you yes um walked away i went over to your computer to do some work at the mike houston audio and uh noticed you had rubber ducks and base socks pulled up yes i believe mm-hmm. and for good reason because there was some pirate on pirate crime going on earlier today gavin williams facing connor norby and gavin uh, only faced 13 batters today so he got to face norby twice and i believe uh i know he struck him out once was the other walked a, a the walk. other time yeah so he felt bad for him the second time around gave him a walk <laughs> so norbs uh reached once on gavin williams but that had to be pretty cool for those guys uh, a couple of professionals facing off the former pirates uh gavin got him once norby uh, got a walk and uh, cool to see those guys playing each other earlier today yeah and the rubber ducks pick up a win uh buoy trying to stay in the playoff hunt they are a couple of games uh shy i think they're three games under 500 and uh they're trying to uh continue their season um akron got the win three nothing uh gavin did not get the win for the game he only pitched three innings he allowed three hits no runs and i think it was two strikeouts and just the one walk that uh, he gave to connor so uh and connor went over in the game so um yeah it was kind of interesting because the last time these two teams faced each other connor was not in the lineup it happened to be his off night and uh so i believe this was the first time this season that the two have faced each other so i thought it was pretty interesting and uh, of course you know connor has been swinging a really hot bat right now uh he he had an incredible august and he was uh really on pace to continue that in the month of september and gavin's been very very consistent uh in his dominance on the mound whenever he's been uh on you know uh starting so i thought it would be a pretty good matchup and it proved to be that way uh thank you for that update shirley a lot of different ways you can consume our programming here at pirate radio you can go traditional listen to the radio or listen online or watch us on facebook or youtube but a lot of people uh like the podcast version and we've had a lot of questions a lot of issues with apple uh and just been notified by the big dog that apple podcasts have resolved their issue with soundcloud and the apple podcast feed is updating again so we've had a lot of questions about that should be good to go from here on out if you enjoy uh listening via podcast to our program so wanted to pass that along to you folks out there all right let's uh get a break in we'll come back hour three pirate radio live we will hear from mike houston his weekly press conference earlier today had some high praise for campbell and here from Bryce Williams, former East Carolina tight end, going to join us here on the program for hour three of today's show. That camera's uh, got a nice shot of CJ's hair for today, so you can tune in and check that out. More to go on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're 
are listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back at Angel Oak. They continue to make customer service a number one priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success and the combination of their local team's experience and Angel Oak's wide offerings of products from standard conventional, government, and portfolio loans has something for every financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Braxton Green, Joanne Weir, or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All righty, hour three of Pirate Radio Live. We got Shirley, we got CJ, we got myself, and we got a gentleman who's a brand new man. I saw the light, I was <laughs> baptized by the fire in your touch and the flame in your eyes. I'm born to love again, I'm a brand new man. Man, sounded good you, today I for some reason. I think that's good. I mean, that... It's starting like, to get better somehow. It really is. Bryce Williams is here to my left. Hello, Bryce. Hello. I got a little concerned over the weekend. First of all, shout out to Bryce. Two straight ECU football games to start the season. I haven't received one question about what channel is it on. So you're really oh, yeah. you're growing up in that department. Yeah, the good thing I, I haven't had to think. <laughs> okay, everybody else knows what's going on. So <laughs> oh, okay, they so got don't, you just wait till I'm like home by myself. <laughs> I also, <laughs> also didn't get a single game text about. Uh, and I gotta say, Bryce is kind of like a normal fan now. Usually, I only get a text if he's complaining about something. Yeah. So maybe you didn't have many complaints. So yeah, yeah, it wasn't too bad. I mean, obviously <laughs> it was a little slow, but uh, yeah, yeah, and it was like um, we had a, we uh, were at my brother's um, house watching it, so a little distracted there. But yeah, I mean, overall, I think there's nothing for me to get too fired up about. Back to back games, Bryce, where East Carolina won the second half, and I think yeah. that trend started last year. So small sample size of 2022, but kind of looks like that might be like a stamp of mike houston football yeah uh solid second halves we saw that again yeah most definitely that shows obviously i think you know how hard the guys you know worked in the off season you know they're not getting worn down um and the condition is good and they're almost they step like i said they step it up and um don't get tired and obviously i guess it seems they will either settle in or they're just starting to figure out um the adjustments that need to be made and that's all I was saying. I was thinking it was a slow start in the beginning. I was like, ah, oh, just casually watching it. And then all of a sudden we had those, um, the big run by um, Keaton Mitchell. Yeah. And then obviously uh, Rajay and all that. So, yeah, the second half was a lot more exciting than the first. I kind of was not dozing off, but you know what I'm saying? Just kind of more focused on eating and having a few cold snacks. What you? Uh, what was on the menu there? We had, uh, we had pizza and wings. Oh, so, classic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I called mom. Oh, yeah, you uh, told us last week you had planned on that, right? Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, you know, I was home, so I called mom and said, hey, you know, can we have pizza and wings and beer for the game? She's like, yeah, that sounds wonderful. So Boom. it was a good time. We watched in my brother's garage. It was fun. I uh, I did not realize these numbers until – so we after the game, we're right here, fifth quarter, we're taking your calls. I'm looking at the stat sheet, but – there's a lot going on so i'm a little distracted so i didn't really look at it until monday bryce and how about these numbers on the ub stat sheet offensive plays 86 Mm -hmm. to 44 
ECU's favor. First downs, 30 to 12, ECU's favor. Time of possession, 41 to 19. Jeez. Rushing yards, 261 to 15. Dang. And then third third down, ECU 10 out of 19, ODU 1 out of 9. I mean, God, it looks like they won 61 to 3 looking at those numbers. Um. That wasn't the case, but that shows you uh you know a pretty dominant effort for east carolina yeah let's hope we can uh, continue that that little uh stat um 86 you know hey i'd like to see that hundo mark you know just see where we, if we can get to the hundred y'all mark. did it a, a couple of times i yeah. know right that was lincoln riley's goal obviously yeah. you can't do it every week but y'all hit that right. a few times yeah but 86 that's quite i mean that's almost double the amount of od you had but yeah those are impressive numbers if we keep that up against our opponents i think will per, uh, turn out pretty good time of possession was a because ecu had some good drives especially mm-hmm. there when they they would get rajay going for four or five a pop and and also east carolina's defense forcing three and outs odu not good on third down also uh odu when they did score would hit like two play drives right that was oh, a concern yeah. <laughs> that was uh and something they want to clean up but odu just did not have the ball a lot on yeah. saturday night yeah, that's uh, I was, I was like I said, it was a little slow in the beginning, but picked up in the first half, and um, you know, it was all obviously it was always great to get a win, um, and of course, exciting to see Keith Mitchell, you know, break one for was it sixty? It was how about eighty one? Was it eighty one? Golly, I was well. Um, goodness gracious, yeah, it was almost like I went and had you know when uh you know you make you know like Tiger Woods would putt and he'd start walking to the hole already. It <laughs> yeah. was almost like okay, I saw Keaton like get right past the linebackers yeah. and just kick back and said okay, let's watch the race. Um, so yeah, it was exciting to see that. And then um, of course another tight end with a touchdown. I was going to bring um, that up. You got it Ryan before had, I could. Yeah, Brian had the first. Did he have the first one or second one? Was the first? I don't recall how the scoring began. I but, think uh, they scored before we got in our seats mm-hmm. on uh, Saturday. Yeah. Chandler and I went but, to the um, game. So, yeah, exciting for another tight end to get a touchdown. So, I would love for that streak to continue. At least one of the guys um, in the tight end group to get a touchdown each game would be what, uh, cool to see. So, here's the tight end trend. You've had a touchdown score in each game. You've also had two tight ends. Multiple tight ends have multiple catches. So, they combined Ryan Jones, Shane Calhoun, five for 57 yards mm-hmm. and a touchdown is that yeah is that good um I'll s- i would like to see some more receptions and you know between but how about this man. you've got jalen johnson nine for 93 isaiah winstead five for 89 so Jeez, yeah they're they're taking up a lot sure. of the targets and and yards but uh once again i agree i would like to see it get into maybe the 70s yardage for the tight ends but most definitely but still spreading it around and back-to-back weeks with a tight end touchdown pretty pleased yeah oh yeah most definitely we can um how many different receivers we have was that eight or seven seven different receivers getting the ball um the only one missing on this list from uh the previous week no catches for keaton Keaton mitchell Mitchell, rajay had four and we talked about his drop on the show yesterday which he said was his fault so uh could have had five yeah. but uh yeah no keaton mitchell in the passing game yeah um we throw him in there running backs out you know keep spreading around um am obviously toward more biased towards the tight ends i would like to see um some more big plays out of those guys but like i said it's all schemed up and situational and things like that so um definitely not complaining jalen having nine for 93 is just another headache for defensive coordinators yeah. like 
now we got to watch this guy if they watch him too much and isaiah oh yeah then that middle would because cj only had one catch on saturday he had six week one he's gonna have bigger days so yeah it really looks like bryce this is what you want right you they're they're doing what the defense is allowed to do oh yeah and it's like there's no telling you know who i mean we have all playmakers you know guys who can um you know get multiple receptions each game so not being able to hone in on one offensive player obviously makes things difficult um, with obviously the core we have. Also, something Rick Smith always talked about as a defensive coordinator, eliminate the the big plays, the, the home run plays. Now, ODU had some. Their receiver, Al, Ali Jennings, eight for 203 touchdowns, <laughs> along of 44. He was getting chunks. Yeah. But on our side, uh, Keaton, of course, had the big one. Marlon Gunn, did you watch the end of the game? The uh, the freshman almost oh, yeah, ran the, one yeah, in. Yeah, I was hoping, because that was when we were watching it. I, I, it was funny, because I really wasn't paying attention to the clock. I just saw his run. Was it down like the four or five? Yeah. It was yeah. something like that. And I'm like, daggum, there we go. And then, I think I was talking about Buddy Hudson, and I was like, there's no way. Well, like I said, I didn't pay attention to the clock, but I was like, certainly we didn't see him in there. Like, they're not going to run the ball in with like one of Keaton and like take that. Because it's always funny when a running back, you know, would make a big play, you know, if he wasn't winded, of course. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. take him out and yep. then run the ball for another running back. And like, certainly not going to do that and let him score. But I realized the time was, you know, obviously winding down. So they obviously took it out. But there's no. a term for that in the NFL, Bryce. And uh, we saw it on Sunday. I, I have DeAndre Swift in fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Jamal Williams is their, their backup running back who plays a lot. But Swift had like 160 yards, and Jamal Williams had two one yard touchdowns. Jeez. And we call it, they they call them touchdown vultures. Yeah, they yeah. Take away the touchdown <laughs> from the guy that got him down. Yeah, there. most definitely. So I was like, man, I need boy that you know um, gun Marlon, Marlon yeah, gun. gun obviously worked hard to make an awesome play, and then to uh, get yanked out tonight, get the <laughs> touchdown. I'm like, damn, that that's painful. But they took a knee. There is some story behind that, and I've been told by multiple people that before the game. Uh, an ODU player went up to Mike Houston and and Isaiah Winstead and others have said this. It was really one particular guy wearing number 13, if you want to go back and look. But apparently he went up to Mike Houston said, you, you don't know my name. You're going to know me after this game. I was cussing at him and stuff and all that. And ECU did a good job of not getting involved in that. Jeez. But, uh, but Mike Houston showed some class at the end of the game, taking a knee near the goal line where really he wanted to probably punch another one in but Jeez. decided not to that so. is bold of an opponent to go up to the head coach and to say that yeah Yikes. not very well, not one, very bright that so. one bit him in the butt there <laughs> that it did it was uh and what player was it was it even i don't know the numbers uh yeah i'd be curious to know what the stats were after i think it was the defensive player number 13 oh, who apparently was you. getting into it with everybody uh-huh. um but explosion plays so keaton had one marlon had one i don't know what you consider one in the passing game but great to see jalen johnson longer 27 winstead yeah. 25 ryan jones 23 those are oh, yeah. good numbers yeah i would say you know an explosion 25 plus or you got to go more i would think 25 plus is pretty dang good yeah I mean, this it's thing, a quarter of the football field yeah, oh yeah. yeah so yeah. i would say you know again you know 25 yard reception is pretty dang good um, especially with multiple guys, you know, having those um, that, those catches. Another stat, uh, Bryce, on the UB stat sheet, two turnovers for ODU, zero for mm. East Carolina. Yeah. And when you're playing an upset-minded uh, upset team like Old Dominion, they say turnovers are the great equalizer. Uh, mm. Great to play clean football. Oh, yeah. No, because we had a – well, never mind. I was thinking of penalties last game because we obviously were pretty p- – 
pretty penalty clean um, last week, and then over you know turnover um, with none is obviously impressive. So obviously we're playing smart football, you know, from those stats. I think they went from two penalties against State to seven this weekend, mm-hmm. which isn't a terror. Yeah. How about I don't know if you watched any other football over the weekend. Texas and Alabama. Texas Alabama was a huge favorite. Alabama had 15 at last count. I don't know what they mm. finished with. 15 penalties. Jeez. Kept Texas in. Which Texas played well, but Alabama escaped with a field goal. But even those good teams, when you have all those penalties and things like that, oh, it, yeah. it evens out a football game. Oh, for sure. I mean, when you're you know turn, when the, you're turning the ball over, not even physically, you're just you know getting getting I guess behind, pushed back behind the line of scrimmage or i guess negative yardage yeah i'm trying to determine and, and it was bonehead ones too it was like lining up in the neutral zone their all-world oh, linebacker yeah. uh got hit with that twice oh where they make stops in the backfield and sometimes he wasn't even involved in the play but he just lines up off sides yeah. like those things yeah those mental errors and because what i don't even know the the um penalty for that, like five yards yeah yards, five, five yards there so you, i wonder how many yard yards and penalties it was if we could find yeah i'll look it up um you know that's how about and on the offense the um equivalent to that would be when you line up wrong when you don't have a certain number right. on the line uh, yeah and i always wonder is that something that in practice you lined up the same way and you were just coached wrong or is it a player who's just doesn't get on the line or off the um, line like what do you remember about that most of the time like i remember if we, we were a little there but uh if we had like a sort of a special formation or something then i guess things would get a little confusing um you know but at times most of the time i'm always because if I, I as a tight end i had to be conscious of if i'm on the ball or off the ball receivers Obviously, receivers have the same thing, but um, you know, I got to pay attention of how many guys are to my right, or you know, or left. If we got you know, kind of an odd formation to either side, I've got to, you know, be off the ball. If not, then that'd be illegal. Um, and then you see receivers there. like point at the official. Is that to yeah. say like, am I? Good yeah, yeah, like you're, yeah. When you would point, that means you're you're saying on the ball. Most high mm-hmm. you'll say I'm off, and yeah. he'll check. Say yeah, you're off the ball. Because if you don't check and just kind of nonchalantly do that and you didn't say yeah you're good he'll hit There's, you yeah he'll hit you so those are the uh those aren't the good penalties <laughs> in, the, in the meetings oh yeah because you get ripped for those uh alabama on saturday they win the game uh 15 penalties uh 100 even yards it's hard to make up 100 yards yeah when you're alabama it's easier than other teams yeah but a normal team you 100 penalty yards it's tough Yikes. to make up yeah for. we do that it'd be hard for us to win some games there the old hidden yardage uh they call it right yep. with penalties yep. and mm-hmm. like punt returns kickers yep. stuff like that yeah uh, East Carolina one and one on the year, Bryce, and now they have a date with Campbell. So, uh, did you? Do, what do you remember about facing FCS teams? Did you? You had some games against um, those, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously the mindset was. I mean, you didn't look past them, but you're just like, all right, let's you know, let's let's you know, sort of. You didn't be, look past them, be, but you just said, yeah, it's, like, you're kind of like you're confident. Go- when after you're confident going into them, I guess you're. Let's face it; it's hard uh, it, to get up the same for your NC State I mean, than yeah, it is Campbell. Play, yeah, for most definitely. So it's like okay, it's a good win. You, you know, it's a, a game. You know, you of course you know you're going to win every game. That's what I feel like. <laughs> so, but yeah, we see Campbell's like, all right, let's you know let's beat these boys down. Um, yeah, maybe have a short day. Maybe yeah, get out by the yeah, third yeah, quarter. Yeah, there right? we go. You know, that's a good tour. <laughs> good uh, thing. Yeah, like so let's have a short day. You know, by the third quarter. 
the, the, by the half, first half, and I, I'm not one to stand around, so that'd be a long time sitting. <laughs> um, you know, the second string guys went in, but uh, yeah, I guess it was like, uh, let's have a short day. There we go. I like that. And and it's not always that case. We've no. seen East Carolina lose to FCS James Madison and FCS North Carolina A and T. Now that was when our program was at a different, mm. lower level than we are right now. And I, I love the. The mindset of this team right now, Bryce, tells me that they're going to attempt to go into every game thinking the same. I know it's impossible right. to do, but I feel like that and, – and we have Willie Smith, East Carolina former tackle, uh, mm-hmm. played in the NFL, joined us hour one. He said, you're, you're playing against Campbell, but also you're playing against your best self. Like, I want right. to be the best I can be today. Oh, yeah. There's always that motivation. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, it is. Like, how can I – you know, block better. And you know, most of the time, there's things I've used, obviously see from last week's film, or you know, during the week of practice, um, you know, you're wanting to correct and obviously get better at. Um, and it could be whether or I want to get better at block, you know, block and have better hands during the game. Um, you know, obviously, I, I want them, uh, you know, in the three point better hands. What I mean by blocking and just be better that way um, in games like this, or you know, obviously any game. But, um, yeah, if we can just keep the same mindset we've had this week and sort of not had that men, you know, mental bust we had the um, last year, you know, and they kind of looked over whatever team. Uh, yeah, Charleston Southern. Don't Charleston forget. Southern. Came in here, put a scare in the East Yeah, Carolina. yeah. So if we just, you know, obviously not look past any team or get big-headed, um, you know, I think we'll be all right. Shirley, let's get a break in. We'll come back. We'll hear uh, some Mike Houston comments, get Bryce's thoughts on those. We'll also go Pirate Radio outdoors and have more for you here on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. You got a question or comment for Bryce, uh, you can do so on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or uh, take a call uh, or two if you want, 317-1250. Back with more on PRL on a Tuesday after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. They are open in Winterville next to Sam's Club, or you can visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Bryce and I talking about upsets from over the weekend, including a team that Bryce is familiar with, the Marshall Thundering Herd. We watched the end of that one during the Bud Light pregame tailgate. They go to South Bend and get the win over Notre Dame, Bryce. Mm-hmm. A crazy Saturday in college football when you include uh, the other Sun Belt upsets, App State. Uh, down at Texas A&M and uh, Georgia Southern beating Nebraska. And I keep saying it. Look, I don't know if folks are um, beating their chest over beating Old Dominion, but it's better than the alternative. Yeah, you ain't kidding. (laughs) I mean, Scott Frost got fired at Nebraska after the loss. And Notre Dame's coach is uh, now 0-2. They played great against Ohio State, hung with them. But they lose this one. You got to think his seat's already getting hot. And then Jimbo makes a trillion dollars down at AM. I guess he'll be all right. But, right. 
but man uh it's a lot better to uh to win than to to get upset they happen every single week though. oh yeah you, you never know what's going to happen especially in the world of athletics by, by any means but um that's crazy to think the daggum nebraska coach one loss obviously well, it's embarrassing he had a lot of losses oh did he okay. yeah it was kind of a, a it was coming it was, so it was just that just expedited the uh the poor, deal there the poor guy got paid out sorry poor yeah guy. i think he got <laughs> if they'd have waited until like after october they wouldn't have had to pay him uh 15 million so he got a nice 15 so they million must check have just on the been way ready to get him gone it had yeah it had to happen and the problem was they probably and it's tough to say this, but like in the world of college football and reality, coaches get fired all the time. Mm-hmm. But he was one of their own. He was a great quarterback there, oh, Scott man. Frost. So they probably gave him extra time they wouldn't have given to somebody else. Like, oh, yeah. you're going to turn this around, and it just it never Yikes. never happened. Uh, left from UCF to go there, former uh, Central Florida coach mm-hmm. when they were uh, winning big. Dang. And, uh, yeah, just never got it done there. At Nebraska and Bryce, you're are you old enough to remember Nebraska being a power in college football? You're probably not. Like, no, I don't think so. I remember like seeing them as I was like kind of in the you know high school. Yeah, like, just but '90s they won a championship in the '90s, early 2000s. They were still kind of hanging on as a national power. And last 20, 15, 20 years, they are just, just another another team. Yeah. When you watch Marshall, do you say? I am Marshall. We are Marshall. Like, do you have any Marshall ties at all? No. I yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a good time. That was sort of my. I enjoyed it. It was my, you know, little stepping stone, obviously, to to get here. But uh, no, I mean, there's no we are Marshall in me, really. I mean, I'm appreciative of them. But, yeah. Uh, no, I'm purple and gold. There you go. You're a pirate. That's there's no right. no herd in you. No, no more. <laughs> All right, uh, Shirley, can we hear a little bit of Mike Houston? Let's hear his opening comments at today's press conference. By the way, we got video of this on our YouTube. You can check it out, Pirate Radio TV. Here is Coach Houston from earlier today. Good weekend this past weekend. Uh, good to get uh, get a win at home. Uh, good to get a win at home against a uh, very good opponent. Uh, Old Dominion obviously came into the game. After a huge win over Virginia Tech, uh, and so uh, quality uh, team we were facing, uh, and uh, you know, good to be able to get a quality win. Um, you know, not not overly excited about the way we played in the first half. Just thought, uh, you know, just weren't very sharp offensively. Not the way we want to be, um, and uh, just you know, really had uh, had too many errors right there, and uh, obviously, you know, had a couple of uh, big plays we gave up defensively that. Uh, you know, kept Old Dominion in the ball game, and uh, you know, that kind of, you know, just like would like to start off a, a lot better than that. Uh, I thought the kids played really hard, but I think we just got to continue to improve, uh, continue to sharpen up some things, and continue to get better. Um, you know, really pleased with the way we played the fourth quarter. Uh, obviously, be able to pull away there. Um, you know, wish we hadn't give up the cheap one uh, late on just uh, you know, kid being too greedy. But, uh, you know, overall, uh, good home win, uh, good one-on-one on the year. Uh, really appreciate the, the fan base and the enthusiasm that they had on Saturday night. Uh, it was good to have, uh, you know, in spite of the weather, have a really solid crowd. Uh, they were very energetic, very into the ball game. Uh, and I think that's, you know, that's one of the, the great things that we're so fortunate with here at East Carolina is having a passionate fan base and just really appreciate them. So. Uh, we already flipped the page and moved on to a very good Campbell team coming in here. 
this weekend. Uh, they are an old team with a lot of guys that have played a lot of snaps. Uh, they have a dynamic quarterback uh, who had a, uh, a great game in the opener, had a solid game last week. Uh, they return a, a massive offensive line. Uh, they will be much, uh, much bigger than we are when we take the field on, uh, on Saturday. Uh, their left tackle is a uh, senior bowl watch list kid, uh, transfer from Wake Forest, uh, very good player. Uh, their other tackles equally as, as large and a solid player. Um, you know, defensively, they have the uh, reigning Big South player of the year. They're at defensive end uh, and a very solid unit there. So. Uh, big challenge this weekend, uh, solid opponent. Uh, we've got to focus on getting better today. Uh, we've got to have a great practice today to uh, kind of start the week off with our preparations and uh, be very, very sharp uh, and really build towards Saturday. Uh, looking forward to uh, another home game, 6 o'clock kickoff. Should be great weather, family weekend. Uh, and so I would anticipate that we're going to have a, uh, a large crowd and a full stadium on Saturday night. So uh, it's great to be back at home again and uh, great to be back in front of our crowd. All right, Mike Houston there is opening comments and and talked about it a little bit there regarding uh, being happy about the win but having a lot to clean up and kind of went into more detail about that, and I want to ask Bryce about it. Let's hear uh, cut six, Shirley. I go asked him, is it is it refreshing to be frustrated after a win, uh, frustrated with mistakes rather than a uh, a loss, uh, the 18-point win, you can take those frustrations a little easier. This is uh, cut six. Well, I mean, that's the, that's the plus. I, I told the kids that is, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to clean up mistakes after a win than after a loss. You know, you sit here after a loss, and the mistakes crucify you because, I mean, it's just like the, the first game. I mean, it just it, they just haunt you. Uh, these, we got to get them cleaned up because if you don't get them cleaned up, they're going to bite you in the rear end. But we're cleaning them up after a win. And that's uh, – I'll take that any day of the week. All right. <clears throat> Bryce, do you remember that? You know, you, you lose the game. It's excruciating. It's all you can think about, and you're so bummed. But you make a mistake in a, in a victory, you, you got to correct it, but it certainly doesn't feel as bad. So what's the those two feelings like? Oh, yeah, like? for sure. When you um, are looking at film after a loss and you know, you're breaking down, oh, look, if that didn't happen, if that didn't happen, look where it would be, you know, and yep. then it's constantly like, dang, you just keep like little like – hits to the gut you're like dang gum it man like it is it is very frustrating um to watch film after a loss to see the mistakes you made um a win it is like dang gum it you know okay let's make a note of it focus on it but you're like we still won yeah. so you obviously don't blow it off you know what the yeah. mistake you made but you definitely um take it a little easier Mike Houston, I uh, talked about those numbers earlier, fantastic numbers for the East Carolina defense uh, against Old Dominion's running game. Also, quarterback sacks equate into the total rushing in college football, so Pirates were able to get to the quarterback. But he talked about uh, stopping Old Dominion's running game. Cut two. Well, I think that, uh, number one, is a big focus last week with a 1,000-yard rusher coming in here. Uh, I thought our defensive lineman did a really good job at the point of attack. Um, I thought the you know, linebackers were very conscientious with some, some things that we had in our scouting report. Uh, and I thought we did a really good job of uh, you know, fitting the run. Uh, I do think that the, the way we defended the run helped us uh, with you know, getting them off the field. Uh, you know, for the most part, we gave up a, you know, a handful of big plays. And other than that, we played, uh, played pretty solid. So uh, it was a good night. 
All right, uh, Pirates stopping the uh, the ground game there. Did a pretty good job outside a couple plays against NC State. I think the run defense has been good through two weeks, Bryce. Almost definitely. If we can, you know, shut down. I mean, obviously, you don't want both. You know, either one of the you know offensive scheme, you know, passing or running to obviously be dominant from the opponent. But if you you know, can shut one down, um, you know, that obviously limits you know an OC from the opponent to say, okay, well, they're we can't run the ball on them. So I guess we're starting to throw it in. Obviously, that makes calling defenses a lot easier, um, you know, when you know you're at least taking over one um, part of the offense. All right, last year, this guy's still giving us nightmares. Jack Chambers, the quarterback for Charleston Southern, who's now uh, at NC State, actually got in the game for NC State on Saturday against Charleston Southern. Does mm. NC State wore him out, so played against his old team. But Chambers last year, 38 of 61, 405 yards, two touchdowns, interception. Uh, also had a game 91 rushing yards. Now, with the sacks and everything, he ended up with 54 net yards and had a touchdown. He was awesome last year, and Mike Houston was asked, does this Campbell quarterback compare to Jack Chambers? Cut three. He's a lot better player than Jack was. Um, he's bigger. He's probably more explosive. Uh, probably throws it better in the pocket. Uh, they were three and one last year when he got injured. Uh, I mean, he missed the rest of the season. You know, during the pandemic in 2020, one of the weekends where we were uh, quarantined or whatever, I uh, got a chance to watch them play Georgia Southern at Georgia Southern. Uh, and you know, I mean, he almost single-handedly beat Georgia Southern in that game. And they went for two at the end. Uh, didn't get it. Uh, ended up losing by one, uh, but just really stood out to me just how dynamic of an athlete he is. So certainly, it's going to be a huge challenge Saturday. All right, better than Jack Chambers. Looking forward to seeing uh, what this guy is all about coming up on Saturday. Also, uh, cut five, Shirley. Mike Houston was asked, you know, being at the FCS level, he played in games like this, played against East Carolina, beat East Carolina. How about being an FBS coach now, preparing for an FCS team like Campbell? Cut five. Uh, they're a good football team. Uh, I could care less which classification we are or they are. They're a good football team, and that's the big thing. Uh, you know, We've got to have a great week of practice. All right, Mike Houston not going to worry about classifications, anything like that. He's got to keep the message the same, right, Bryce? Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, you don't look down on the old um, FCS teams by any means because they like said they're a good football team. Um, I'm sure Campbell, that's like a law school, right? So their guys are pretty, probably pretty smart. Oh, you're going to say they're yeah. intelligent out yeah, there? They might be intelligent. Um, a few mistakes. You know, disciplined guys. <laughs> uh, you know, they know the game of football. <laughs> I like it. All right. That's a good way to look at it. All right. Let's take another break. We'll come back. We'll go Pirate Radio Outdoors and talk more with Bryce Williams here in hour number three of Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles? Tighten and lift your skin. Smooth your skin texture. Erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair. Are you interested in Botox or filler? 
Contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar Medispa on Red Banks Road in Greenville. Free consultations are available by calling 752-1406 or visiting beautybarmedispa.com. Enjoy your visit. Love your transformation. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, back with you. Watching some highlights in here, Shirley. Bryce is uh, trying to figure out how that guy's the Dolphins head coach. That little young whippersnapper. He kind of looks like he's just a freshman in college. Yeah. Like just, you know, just moved into the dorm, (laughs) you know, trying to find his way around. We were saying yesterday he looks like he won a Madden contest and got to be a head coach in the league. (laughs) He just – and look who he's shaking hands with there, Bill Belichick. Oh, I know. That's insane. Yeah. So – Anyway, uh, kind of looks like a guy that would have won won like a cornhole contest. Yeah, he just won, and then they said, "You know what? You get a uh, fifteen dollar gift card to Wings <laughs> over, and also you get to be the head coach for the day." Congratulations! All right, uh, Bryce, let's go outdoors. I want to show you something real quick. Saw this, so we had Gary Higgins on earlier, the ECU soccer coach. Big win over Florida on Sunday Mm. for ECU women's soccer. That was awesome to see. Florida also lost to Kentucky in football. And guess what they had on uh, Monday, Sunday or Monday, in the dining hall at Kentucky? They had a gator picking. It looks like a pig picking, but it's a gator, a bacon-wrapped gator. That is cool, but not in Kentucky. I don't think there's many gators up there, but that is cool. And they, uh, I guess you go pick it off like you're eating a pig. Have you ever had gator before? When we had the um, New Orleans Bowl, but it was like game. Oh yeah, so yeah. they might have, they might have been lying. But to nothing me. like that. Nothing like that. That, Dang, that is wild. wild. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how appetizing it is, but it's pretty cool to eat after. I you think in it's pretty good, actually. All right, like, I'm pretty sure it's a good, uh, good meat. All right. Speaking of which, uh, let's talk some some seafood and some deer jerky and things like yeah. that. What you been up to? Well, this week? we, um, you know, obviously went home for. Uh, the weekend celebrate birthdays, babies being born, and um, you know all that. But really, it was a more of a preparation, you know, week. You know, both season that has started, but they haven't picked any corn here, you know, in Pitt County for me to buy, you know, for deer corn. So when I got home uh, or went to Davidson County, I had to buy two bags off my buddy. So I put some corn out actually this morning. Um, pulled my camera. I haven't seen what's on it yet. I did that, but I, while I was home, obviously my gun safe, my big gun safe is at home in Winston-Salem at mom and dad's because I don't have room. And I said, well, you know, I need to bring some bring a rifle back. Well, I ended up bringing back two because obviously I like to choose, all right, what rifle am I going to use this year for, um, you know, for deer season? I've been stuck on the 270, but I'm like, ah, maybe I'll do the 240. I mean, um, the 30 out six. I brought the 30 out six. That was my first rifle that my dad got me. And then I was like, well, you know, for fun, you know, maybe Anna wants to come or whoever. I brought uh, my 243 back. So got to sight those in. And I may just um, be using a whole mix of rifles this year and trying to get some kills with them. So do you try you try to get one per season, though, you stick with normally? or you... Yeah, typically, because right. once I sight it in, I'm like, okay, this is the rifle. This is what I'm going to use. Also, do you, if things aren't going well, you're not seeing much, do you switch it up for luck purposes or anything? Um, 
I haven't thought about that, but I mean, it probably is a good thing I should yeah. do because if you I mix up the mojo, a little yeah, bit. honestly, I may need to start bringing that into my hunting um, <laughs> game is mixing the mojo up, switch rifles, wear a different hat, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know, things like that. So, you know, who knows what rifle might be the one, um, you know, this year. So, the 270's got good mojo, though. I mean, I've smoked my, you know, I shot my biggest deer last year with it, and then the year before that was my biggest previous buck there. So, I mean, she, it's been putting out some deer, but, you know, I had to, you know, just change it up. I got, you know, these rifles need, you know, they don't want to be sitting on the sideline all the time. I Yeah, got to keep them loose. How about, <laughs> so you set goals going into a season. You want to get 800 yards, 12 touchdowns. How And what's your goal for a buck per season? Um, Is it one? Is Well, it... uh, yeah, I've never been able to kill, you know, two, two deer, I mean, two bucks. Um, in a season, most of the time my goal really is like, if I can shoot a doe and a buck, you know, technically you know two deer a year, um, You're pretty good. A buck and a doe, I'm pretty good because obviously meat wise. But this year I plan on taking some out. I would love to be able to kill you know two respectable bucks for sure. Um, obviously beating the one I shot last year is going to be tough because it obviously it scored like 144. My buddies, if they're listening, they'll probably correct me on it. But I think it's like in the 140s, low 140s. What does that mean? Um, like inches, gross inches. Ah, okay. Um, so, obviously beating that would be tough, but still, I'm not to the point where I can look past any respectable eight-pointer or there you go. decent buck. That's like an FCS buck. They all count. They all matter. Exactly. You gotta respect them. Yeah, so we'll <laughs> see what happens. If I get lucky, and I'd like to shoot one uh, a deer with my bow, though. It's been a while. That would be cool. It's been, uh, I guess, going on two years since I've shot with my bow, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, is this the year that Bryce brings us some deer jerky? On I'm Like I said, I plan on stacking on some deer meat, because um, <laughs> this is the new first season on the new land, J-Ball, so we're going to see, you know, I got to at least um, do some conservation and pick some does out and stuff, so we'll uh, All right. we'll see. I do have a dehydrator, so I'm going to work on it. Awesome stuff. Bryce Williams, anything on the water we need to know about? Um, nothing on the water quite yet. Um, I plan to shoot out there shortly. So the, you got um, too many weddings and obligations. I know. Like. I've been non this been I've been nonstop for at least two weeks. Oh my goodness gracious. Um but actually my buddy's been catching some trout on mirror lure. I don't know where, but which means like, okay, are they starting to move back into the creeks? Mirror lure fishing typically means, you know, obviously getting into the fall, cooler temperatures in the water. But uh, you'll see. All right. There you go. Pirate Radio Outdoors. We'll take our final break. Come back. Get Bryce's prediction for East Carolina and Campbell when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, The stock market had a rough day today. The Dow was down 100 and actually 1,276 points closed out at 31,104. The NASDAQ was down 632 
and uh, finished at 11,633. S&P was down 177 points and uh, finished at 3,932. That is your Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors today, uh, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Clip. Time to get Bryce Williams' prediction for East Carolina and Campbell. Now, you're going to be flying blind here, Bryce. Usually, we have a line for you. We have an over-under. Not that you go exactly by that, but kind of gives you an idea yeah. of what Vegas is thinking. Ah. Since it's an FCS opponent, we're going to have to wait till later in the week. I haven't seen a line yet. Maybe there's one out there, but uh, you're just going to have to throw it against the wall here. So mm. uh, I'll I project it's going to be around 28, 31 points, something like that. I don't know for sure. Mm. But uh, but what do you think the Pirates I mean, do on Saturday? At least you're giving me that. Like I said, you're, you're, you've obviously been around sports for quite a while. got a good feeling in your gut, I'm sure, of uh, – what it might be, and uh, I mean, was it I don't, was it crazy? But maybe not crazy. I mean, to go like, I mean, I'm probably ECU, obviously with the win. Um, I mean, like ECU, like fifty five to seventeen. 20? I don't think that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. so fifty five seven. I expect I like the 17 or less for Campbell definitely I think our defense can do that and it kind of just comes down to can ECU score that many points I think they can what if they're in that situation and they take the foot off the gas maybe they end up with 38 to 42 instead oh, of 55. So, right. I don't know. But all right. Is that yeah. your official number? I think, number? what did I say? 50, 55, 55 17. 17. I think so. All right. I think so. I'll roll with that. Bryce, thanks for joining us, man. Thank y'all for having me. Enjoyed it as always. Oh, yeah. The hour goes by fast when we have football to talk it does. about, don't Yeah, it's nice. All right. We'll see you Wednesday, 3 o'clock on an all new edition of Pirate Radio Live for Shirley, CJ, and the crew here. I'm Cliff Brock. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.